Season 5, Episode 34, <sighs> the last episode of 2023. And uh, definitely, I'm going to take a break from stupidity. But not really, because I see stupidity every day, everywhere. So all I'm just going to do is take a break from telling you about stupidity, because I'm going to be collecting more to give to you in 2024. And trust me, the end of the year episode doesn't disappoint. So buckle up your seatbelts, kids. given a piece of his mind to so many people, he barely has a mind left. It's insane Eric Lane's stupid world. Bringing a voice of sanity in our insane world or a voice of stupidity in our intellectual world, or both. Here's the host of this stupid world, Eric Lane. Welcome to my stupid world. It's the last time you're going to be in my stupid world, at least for 2023, or at the time that this is being recorded, because we're going to take a couple of weeks off for the Christmas holiday, but it'll give you time to spread the stupidity, right? Did you have a podcast that you particularly liked a particular episode? Well, just go back into the archives and find it and share it. If you haven't subscribed yet, why not? Okay? Then, you know, you got two weeks. You can go back and maybe re-listen to some of your favorite episodes and rate and review it. Maybe give it a five-star rating because I give you five-star stupidity. Okay? And besides, when you do that, you'll help the podcast be easily searchable for people looking for stupidity. You know? Um, people sit there and doom scroll Facebook, looking at stupidity all the time, when you can have stupidity at your fingertips with every episode, okay? And don't forget, if you're tired of all the buffering when you're streaming the podcast over poor cell or Wi-Fi coverage, just download the thing, okay? Just download the episode to your podcast player, okay? That, that, that's my suggestion, because frankly, you don't want your stupidity to be interrupted when you're in the middle of trying to, you know, find out what's really stupid out there. And what could be more stupid than what happens on airlines and in airports? Trust me, I think the air <clears throat> airlines are like the hub of stupidity because more people tend to act stupid on an airline than most any other place. That's where I found out. And more stupid things happen on airlines, especially to this one American Airlines passenger who said, she was mortified when a fellow traveler upchucked all over her bags. But here's the one thing she really couldn't stomach, was how the airline gave her such a blasé response. Nicole Schrieb was actually traveling the second leg of a trip from Buffalo to Miami when this alleged culprit sat in the seat in front of her. She's talking to Business Insider, and she says she's slurring her words, can barely talk. The woman shouldn't even be on the plane. I was concerned, honestly. Screeb was explaining that she was traveling with her fiancé. Well, she first encountered this woman with two others in the bathroom at the LaGuardia Airport during her layover. 
she said that uh, the two of them were walking arm in arm, stumbling drunk, ran right into me in the bathroom. It was just crazy, she said, because it was 7.30 in the morning. You don't expect that at that time. She says, then I became aware of a vile smell, and I thought, oh, God, she must be sick. But it was only as the plane was landing that Screeb reached for the canvas tote bag and purse that she had stowed under the seat in front of her. And she realized both were covered in the woman's vomit. Shreeb lamented, I couldn't believe the amount, noting she did not take pictures of the mess in her rush to clean up. She went on to say, you know, kind of freak out a little bit when someone else's vomit is on your belongings. When she questioned the airline staff about what happened, the flight attendant supposedly told her they can't do anything about it. It's bodily fluids and, well, we can't touch that. Oh, I guess it's okay for the passengers to touch it. Well, a few days later, Scream, who describes herself on X as a lawyer, mother, and feminist, <clears throat> emailed American Airlines, but was disappointed by the company's uh, lackluster response. She was told in an email, I'm sorry to hear your property was damaged by another passenger. While I can certainly understand your frustration with the situation, unintentional things can and do happen in public spaces. Although it is unfortunate that you are involved in this situation, we are unable to take responsibility for the actions of another individual. <laughs> well, Screep told Business Insider that it was surprising to get a response within an hour, but what was even more surprising was that they took absolutely no responsibility for it. After a lot of pushback, American Airlines finally gave Shreve a $50 voucher, <clears throat> which angered her so much she shared the video of the ordeal using the hashtag AmericanAirFail. Posting on social media, Shreve writes, American Air allowed this intoxicated, verbally abusive woman on my flight despite removing one of her friends. Here she is calling me two, she's calling the two men in her aisle pussies prior to puking on the floor and my bags. $50 credit is all they offered as a compensation. The 20-second clip is mostly obscured by engine noise, but what appears to be a woman with long hair and her feet propped up on the wall of the plane can be seen. The airline responded to Shreve's video by advising her to request a review of her initial claim. American Airlines told the New York Post in a statement, we strive to provide a positive travel experience for all our customers, and a member of our team has reached out to learn more. Shreeb said that she has not heard from them since. She says it's not about the money. It was about taking a little responsibility and actually apologizing for what happened, she tells Business Insider. But Katie Nastro, a travel expert at Going.com, believes American may be exempted from responsibility. She said, when you fly with an airline, you are agreeing to their contract of carriage which is basically an agreement between you and the airline based on the fact that, well, you bought a ticket. It should be the responsibility of the airline to deal with this erratic passenger upon boarding, but it isn't clear whether the cleanliness factor is guaranteed. <clears throat> a basic level of cleanliness, sure, but if another passenger spills a drink or, and for this instance, gets sick <clears throat> and it invades the space of other passengers, to my knowledge, there is no item in American Airlines' contract of carriage that promises anything in return. 
Uh, Shreve, for her part, said that she'll think twice before traveling on American Airlines in the future and certainly will be bringing a bag that's waterproof on all upcoming flights. Or she could just do what I do. I travel by car where it, it possible. I mean, guaranteed. I, I'm to the point I just, if I have another mode of transportation other than flying, I'll take it. Sometimes I'd even take a train, you know, really. Well, there was a North Carolina man that was caught on security camera at the moment that his recalled Samsung washing machine blew up in his garage. Reggie Braswell threw out the machine and was initially told that Samsung couldn't do anything for him because he had no physical machine to return. Braswell documented the damage to his dryer, garage wall, outlets, and his car. Braswell cleaned up his garage and since the washing machine was in pieces, took it to the curb. And then Braswell called Samsung to report the issue. Now, here he is talking about what exactly happened. The washing machine just exploded. It blew up. Glass all up there by the front door. And glass was everywhere. I'm just thankful no one was out there. We weren't out there. I set it outside and a recycle guy already picked it up. Lady told me that, oh, well, since you don't have the washer no more, you, we can't do anything for you. That showed that, yeah, that was a recall deal. I said, well, I never got any recall on that. They told me that if I don't have the machine, they can't do anything for me. Braswell started doing some research online and learned that Samsung top loader washing machines was actually part of a massive recall back in 2016. The recall was issued after an ABC 11 WTVD tr tr troubleshooter investigation began in 2015, exposing the issue. The recall included 2.8 million Samsung washing machines, several different models, and when Brands Braswell searched his serial number, it showed that it was a recalled machine. He said he had no idea that it was recalled and claimed that he didn't get a recall notice. Samsung has settled a class action lawsuit that alleged the top loaders were defective. So Braswell reached out to the news reporter and, well, she got in touch with Samsung, who worked to resolve the problem. The company provided a statement that said, in part, after announcing this uh, voluntary recall in 2016, we immediately notified our customers about available remedies. These efforts included mailing recall kits to more than 2 million customers. These remedies are still available today, and we encourage any affected customers to contact our top load washer hotline for immediate assistance. Braswell said he's at least happy with how Samsung has handled the case after the involvement with the Raleigh TV station. So, yeah, you don't expect your washing machine to blow up and damage your car, but at least that stupidity ended, at least in a pleasant manner. Well, here's something just in time for sweatpants season. A cosmetic clinic in New York has begun offering $3,700 penis fillers to help guys pad out their girth just in time for the gray sweatpants season. Lushful Aesthetics has shared their new treatment, which gives men a chance to <clears throat> finance their cock by using buy now, pay letter to fund the treatment. For five syringes of the filler, it'll set you back a whopping $3,700, but the clinic says it's perfect for gray sweatpants season, which is a trend referring to the surge of men wearing gray sweatpants that show a <clears throat> visible outline of the penis. The website explains, quote, penis filler shots increase the girth of the penis by utilizing dermal filler, 
ideal for patients looking to have a girthier penis. Both the shaft and the glands, or the head, can be treated to become enlarged with penis girth filler. While the treatment doesn't actually change the length of the penis while erect, it prevents full retraction of it when flaccid. So patients look <clears throat> longer while not aroused. Gray, pants, uh, gray sweatpants season is a phenomenon where men wearing the clothing in cold weather often have a visible outline of their penis showing in their trousers. Gee, I didn't realize that this was a thing. I guess if you are a, a, a grower and not a shower, this might be the ideal Christmas gift <laughs> for some guy ready to hit the gym in January. I don't know. Would this be the male version of a boob job? <laughs> well, you know that you've got a sophisticated palate when you're reaching for a shot of this. Doritos flavored liquor is now a thing that exists. Yes, there's a spirit company in Denmark called Empirical that's behind it. They partnered with PepsiCo, so it's an official Doritos liquor. It's supposed to taste exactly like their nacho cheese version, and it's 84 proof. So 42% alcohol. That's a bit stronger than your average 80 proof liquor. I, I think the jingle for it is probably just as disturbing as the actual product. Oh, the crunchy taste is delightful. And now you can have a snootful. The booze has a taste you'll know. Dorito, Dorito, Dorito. The flavor is so jaw-dropping. Your eggnog you'll be swapping. The bites in the bottle will flow. Dorito, Dorito, Dorito. They're calling it an uncategorized spirit, but it's basically cheese-flavored vodka. So, does it actually taste like Doritos? Well, according to people that tried it, yes, it's pretty close. Maybe my insane Florida nephew should take a sip. They infused it with actual Doritos, and it also smells like them. A writer for Food & Wine says that it has a bouquet that's brimming with the unmistakable tang of cheese dust. They thought the aftertaste was a little more like Fritos than Doritos, though. The evil genius behind this is a former chef named Lars Williams, who co-founded Empirical. He's actually been making Dorito-infused booze for years. It all started when an employee came back from lunch with a bag of them. Lars saw the bag and wondered if it was possible and then started experimenting. He's been making small batches ever since for friends, and they announced pre-orders but it's not really clear how many bottles there are. I'm assuming they're going to sell out fast if they haven't done so already. It's 65 bucks for a fifth. I mean, Lars is obviously a big Doritos superfan. He did an interview about the origins of the new spirit and said Doritos are unique because they have hints of every flavor humans enjoy, from salt and umami to a touch of bitterness. He called it a beautiful flavor and said any half-decent chef would agree. Well, here's Lars explaining the original story of the Doritos spirit. One of the first members of our team, Hiro, had gone out for lunch and come back with a sandwich and a bag of Doritos. And at that time, I was still doing a lot of 
a lot, a lot of tests of distilling different things. So when he came back from uh, his lunch run, I took a look at the bag of Doritos and said, sorry, buddy, I'm going to have to take part of your lunch and turn it into booze. And uh, we tried it and the result was amazing. Now, before you go rushing out to the nearest watering hole to partake in this bottled abomination, I would advise you to consider anything from my list of the top questions to ask yourself before ordering Doritos-flavored liquor. Number one, will it leave orange residue on my fingers? Number two, is there a less humiliating way to get a buzz, like smoking crack? Number three, if I don't finish the bottle, do I use a cork or a chip clip? Or will it satiate my munchies? Or is it available in Cool Ranch? Does it pair with Malo-flavored chips? Is this just a fun way to let others know I'm a fat alcoholic? And namely, the number one question to ask yourself before ordering Doritos-flavored liquor, when I order it at the bar, am I ready to get my butt kicked? <laughs> well, uh, I don't know <clears throat> what this woman was on. I don't think it was Doritos liquor. Uh, Florida Highway Patrol troopers arrested a 41-year-old woman after chasing her speeding vehicle up U.S. Highway 1. Courtney Epps of Taylor's, South Carolina, was speeding and ignoring troopers as they pursued her with their lights and sirens blaring. Troopers said that they tracked Epps speeding between 90 and 120 as she traveled across the Seven Mile Bridge and into Marathon, and that she maintained that speed regardless of oncoming traffic, instead moving to the southbound lanes when driving around northbound vehicles. There were two attempts made by deputies to stop Epps using spike strips. The second one was successful in spiking three tires. The vehicle eventually crashed into a construction site, and Ms. Epps was taken into custody. She had extremely constricted pupils and did not respond to verbal or physical stimulation, only stared straight forward in silence, they said. While getting checked out at the hospital, Trooper said Epps urinated on herself in the lobby while loudly singing gospel songs, and that she would alternate between sleeping, singing, and talking to herself during treatment. After initially agreeing to a field sobriety test, Epps refused, saying God the Father told her to stop, according to her arrest form. She was taken to the Plantation Key Jail without any further incidents. She faces several charges, including DUI, and a felony charge for fleeing or eluding with disregard for safety of persons or property. I hope God was pleased with how things turned out. <clears throat> well, have you heard of Mr. Beast? He's a YouTube star, and uh, Mr. Beast now can no longer use the term "these nuts" to name to sell. He can't use that name to sell candy bars anymore because he was sued by a Jacksonville, Florida company called "these nuts." Not spelled the same way, of course. What Mr. Beast was using was D E E Z N U T Z. But the Jacksonville company was D-E-E apostrophe S-N-U-T-S. That's an actual company that sells millions of dollars of gourmet-flavored peanuts and apparel each year. They filed a federal lawsuit, civil lawsuit, against Feastables Incorporated, which is backed by Mr. Beast, whose real name is Jimmy Donaldson, alleging trademark infringement. Mr. Beast owns a line of products under Feastables, which include candy bars sold in stores across the country. The candy bars include three flavors, but it was the milk chocolate and peanut butter flavored bar, D's Nuts, 
that caught, caught the attention of D's Nuts LLC because of its name. So, D's Nuts in Jacksonville sued. Well, a federal judge approved a permanent injunction between Jacksonville's D's Nuts and Feastables that said Mr. Beast's back company can no longer use the name D's Nuts or anything else resembling D's Nuts to sell its candy bars. Details of the settlement between the two companies were not made public. Oh, well, <laughs> fighting over nuts. Not particularly your nuts, but these nuts. Well, um, you've heard the phrase, you'll be the death of me. Many parents have used that mantra. But guess what? There's a new study that's found that having kids might actually make you live longer. Well, it just depends on how many you crank out. Researchers at the University of Michigan looked at the health records of 276,000 people and found that some parents are 5 to 10% more likely to live to 76 years old than people without kids. That's about three years longer than the global average. But now there is a sweet spot. It's only true for people that have two children. If you have more kids than that, you're less likely to make it to 76 than someone who doesn't have kids. And the same thing applies if you only have one child. Well, that's good to know. I think I'll probably at least make it to 76. Now, I'm not sure why two is the magic number. But the guy who led the study thinks that it might strike a balance between having a good amount of social interactions and not having too much economic or physical burden. Either way, if you want kids and uh, you're doing it for purely selfish reasons, you might want to cap it at two. Or if you're planning to stop at one, you might want to rethink that. Another baby could actually save your life. <laughs> Look, but don't just reproduce to add years to your life. I mean, come on. You should also do it for anything on the list I've made for other reasons to have kids. And that would be, well, first off, Dino nuggets are perfect for munchies. They always say stuff that makes you laugh like, Was I planned? <laughs> or they're right size for retrieving your vape pen under the sofa. You can also wear a World's Greatest Dad t-shirt and not be lying. Well, minus the World's Greatest part. And they remind you of what life is all about, you know? A tax break. And wearing them strapped to your chest while grocery shopping is a great way to pick up babes. Plus, they never finish their fries. And if they become a famous athlete, you can always star with them in a chunky soup ad. <laughs> and strangers won't sit next to you on the plane. Plus, you can use them as an excuse to get out of doing terrible things. Except going to Disneyland. Now, on that, well, you're <clears throat> kind of screwed. Oh, well. Well, here's a bold argument that was made by two men convicted of retail theft at a Coles in Colorado. They tried to get a lesser punishment. Why, you might ask? Because they stole stuff that was on sale. The men's attorney asked for a reduced charge while admitting that his clients did steal from that store in Parker, Colorado. The case was described in a news release from John Kellner, the uh, Colorado's 18th Judicial District, District Attorney, um, who also nicknamed the pair as the KitchenAid Mixer Crew in reference to the kitchen appliances that they stole from Kohl's. In addition to those appliances, Michael Green and Byron Bolden also took designer shoes and clothing, and they both ultimately 
convicted of felony theft. However, the DA's office said the men's attorneys argued for softer misdemeanor charges, citing that there were discounts on the items. According to the Denver Gazette, the men cited discounts on the sticker prices, and, well, they had Kohl's coupons also. So that brought the items down below the threshold for felony theft in Colorado, which is $2,000. The documented value of the item stolen was $2,094.98. The district attorney's office said the argument failed to sway the judge as both men received their felony convictions. Here's Eric Ross, the spokesperson for the 18th Judicial District Attorney's Office. And he's explaining the defense's legal strategy. The defense argued and tried to convince a jury that these two defendants should not be convicted of felony theft, but rather a misdemeanor charge. We argued that it didn't really matter if the items were on sale or were discounted. Those discounts and sales prices should apply to paying customers only, not thieves. Now, the 50-year-old Green was sentenced to 15 months in prison, while the 37-year-old Bolden up to 90 days in jail with credit for time served as a condition of 18 months probation. According to Denver's KMGH-TV, prosecutors argued that sales and discounts only count if you actually pay. Kellner said in a press release, just because an item is on sale doesn't mean it's free to steal, and these defendants now get to think about this lesson in jail and prison. He also adds, retailers in our community are fed up with the theft, and my office will actively prosecute these offenders. The convictions followed the identification of both Green and Bolden through surveillance footage. After being arrested, they both initially pleaded not guilty before pivoting to their argument around the sale price. My question is, I wonder if they tried to use Cole's cash as bail money. <laughs> oh, well. <clears throat> well, I don't know. Everyone has their favorite type of Christmas tree. The debate is, do you get real? Do you get artificial? What kind of trees do you normally have? I told, told you about it in a previous podcast episode where I used to live in northwest Pennsylvania. They had a tradition of going treeing where you would basically go to your friend's house to to look at their Christmas tree. And of course, the idea was not necessarily to look at the Christmas tree as it was to accept the um, shot of whiskey that you would have. So by the time you went treeing to about five or six of your neighbors, you probably needed a designated driver. But here's a former law enforcement officer known as the human lie detector who has developed a human profile for a range of popular Christmas tree styles. Let's see which one might apply to you. There's the miniature tree. Now, it's a true reflection of someone's personality when someone opts for a small tree. They don't like clutter, and they like things to be dealt with in a specific way. Organization is an important part of their day and personality. Having a small tree, they are still acknowledging it's Christmas, but it's taking up minimal space. They are the type of person that is very procedural in their day-to-day -day lifestyle. So when it comes to putting away the tree... It'll be done with no fuss. The person will soon resume back to their normal environment once the festive season is over. Then there are the homemade decorations. See, some people prefer to make their own decorations as it's a true reflection of their personality. They tend to be open people and quite opinionated. They don't mind being seen as the outsider, so they'll generally think outside the box. 
They'll also be creative in terms of their occupation and the way that they think. They'll, they'll encourage people to make things themselves rather than buy it because it's a way of letting their creativity shine through. They'll be quite ecological in their beliefs, and recycling is very important to them. They'll even use the same decorations for following years, but also add to it by getting creative and making new ones as well. Then you've got the tree that's uh, really too big for the room. A person who gets a tree that's too big for the room is, well, overly ambitious and grand. You see, they are big risk takers. They tend to want to go overboard with things. Again, you might see this person go over the top with Christmas lights outside their homes. They're the type of people that wear Christmas sweaters and play Christmas music earlier or on in the year. And in terms of occupation, they also tend to be entrepreneurs and CEOs or anything where they can think big and outside the box. The way they decorate their Christmas tree is no different. The, the tree will engulf the room. And no matter how wrong they've gotten it in terms of measurements, this person will never acknowledge that they're wrong. In fact, these people will want to get an even bigger tree as the years go on. There'll be an overcompensation of Christmas lights and baubles. And then there's those that have the real tree. People that choose real classic trees tend to be very traditionalists. Their Christmas is often the same year in and year out, such as presents under the tree on Christmas Eve. Some people sometimes open some presents on Christmas Eve, but that would be abhorrent to traditionalists. You see, they like to follow everything to the letter. They're quite old-fashioned and traditional. They like to abide by many of the popular traditions associated with Christmas as they are very conventional people. They have to be completely authentic to Christmas. They are the type of people to leave a glass of milk and cookies regardless of their age. And then there's the tree of the, the contemporary touch. Now, when Christmas decorations take on the contemporary feel, well, these people tend to think that they've got a lot of class. They'll dress in designer clothing and always look immaculate. You won't see this person in the supermarket dressed in pajamas or gray sweatpants you follow where I was talking about before. They want to show the best version of themselves to the world, an extension of their personality when it comes to decorating a tree. It's all about minimalism. They won't overload the tree. It'll be classy in terms of minimal lights and baubles and tinsel. Their tree is a real reflection of the way that person sees the world. They'll always want to be seen as being the best version of themselves. And then there's the artificial tree. I think this is where my wife fits in. Those who tend to choose an artificial tree are very methodical, procedural, and specific. Getting their decorations out of the loft or storage is almost a military operation. They tend to stick their tree up in record time. They are traditional in the sense of putting lots of decorations up, but everything has to be in a certain place. They also think the people that don't labor on keeping their decorations up. Some people tend to leave their decorations up well past Christmas, but some people with an artificial tree will follow the 12 days of Christmas rule. Once the time has elapsed, back up into the attic, everything goes into its rightful place until next year. They're very methodical and straightforward. Then there's the quirky tree. <clears throat> quirky people are always interesting because they won't have any limitations or sense of proportion. They'll buy way too many lights and baubles and tinsel. They'll basically overload the tree until it's practically groaning. These type of people will also put enough lights outside their house to power a small town. They'll also go over and above the norm in terms of being ostentatious and, and being overly loud. 
when you get these people that have a massive abundance of Christmas lights and decorations outside, chances are they've got a tree that's equally just as loud and quirky indoors. They're probably similar in everyday life, very outgoing, larger than life, quite loud, and a complete extrovert. What if you've got a tree decorated to perfection? Well, that sort of people that decorate their trees to perfection tend to be bold, outgoing people. They like everything in its place, meaning that they are quite specific to a degree. They are very much in charge of decorations, and they won't let anyone else assist them. They have a clear system in place, and everything has to be totally sympathetical. They probably won't have more baubles on one side of the tree or the other. They apply the same sort of mindset or mentality in that everything has to be balanced and aesthetically pleasing. Otherwise, it would irk them. It's kind of like looking at a picture that's slightly off-center. Most people wouldn't mind, but people with these sorts of character traits wouldn't want to see a picture slanted. They're also very much the same when it comes to decorating the tree. It's got to be perfectly straight, symmetrical, and balanced. <clears throat> then you've got those that have decoration overload. Too many lights and decorations. Again, this is the sort of person that has a very loud and outgoing personality. They really want to go all out for Christmas. You'll find that they have a ridiculous angel or a star at the top of the tree. They want their tree to be seen as the greatest and best in the area. These types of people keep going one step further every year. And these people also tend to be quite charitable. They're the sort of people that will give mince pies to carol singers rather than not answering the door. The person will also be a good listener, the kind of soul that takes care of other people and makes them feel special. So where do you fit in? Of course, we didn't have a category for the stupid tree. I guess for that, it's pretty much anything goes. Well, Australia might be where the Florida men of the Southern Hemisphere reside when you hear about these two men that spent the morning refusing to come down from on top of a building site in Perth, Australia. Uh, they allegedly climbed scaffolding and onto the roof while seemingly drunk. Police had been negotiating with the men since like 1.15 in the morning when they first responded to the reports of three people on the site on Roe Avenue in Rivervale. A woman was found on the third floor and was escorted from the site, but the two men, both in their 20s, allegedly remained on the rooftop. By 9 o'clock in the morning, a radio reporter named Jake Batrick said the unruly pair had been throwing bags of cement to the ground below. Batrick said he had to move his car to avoid being hit by one of those bags. He said, I've been able to hear these two gentlemen yelling from the top of the roof this morning, and one of them requested a helicopter to come and bring them down, adding that they also had requested a pair or a pack of Jack Daniels, a Coke, and then would consider coming off the roof. The pair can be seen with a vodka bottle and a nitrous oxide, uh, oxide uh, canister uh, the size of a scuba tank <clears throat> while on the roof. Well, here's one of the onlookers and police minister Paul Papalia talking about the duo. I saw them they had a bottle of vodka with them, so I was just like, look like they're having a good time. But um, obviously it's not safe for them to be up there. What a waste of time and actually uh, potentially putting other people in at harm uh, in an effort to effectively rescue them. Um, just complete stupidity. Officers and a police negotiator were at the scene and worked to resolve the incident safely. The pair were eventually arrested just before 10 o'clock that morning. And due to the height of the roof, a potential risk to the two men was uh, considered. So emergency personnel were on the scene as well. I mean, no word how long these guys were going to be locked up for this. I mean, I'm going to guess at least 
what, a capital one year maybe? These guys definitely need new friends, and preferably one not, not named Tito. And some Florida parents are pretty angry over an elementary school teacher showing a clip from the horror movie Krampus to children in a music class. By the way, if you don't know, Krampus is a mythical holiday demon. The uh, teacher was trying to show different types of holiday celebrations around the world. The parent who asked not to be identified, fearing retribution, claimed she called the school's principal who laughed and said it wasn't a big deal. Now, Action News Jacks in Jacksonville, Florida, spoke with Brian Coleman, who has grandchildren that attended the school. He said that he didn't agree with the decision the teacher made to show the video clip. Here's the grandfather talking about the incident. I think they should have got the parents' permission. Well, I saw it. It's, it's not for kids at all. It, it shows a lot of demons, a lot of devilish stuff in there. Kids, you know, in that age group, kids are always looking for monsters under the bed. If they showed them that movie or whatever and they had nightmares, you know, I, I wouldn't like it at all. Coleman is even more concerned about the lingering effects this clip could have on those elementary school kids. The Clay County, Florida School District sent out a comment on the claim saying the Clay County Human Resources Department is currently investigating a teacher's lesson on holidays around the world where a short YouTube clip about Krampus was shown, not the movie. The teacher involved has been placed on administrative leave. <clears throat> the nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> Well, a 43-year-old Sugarland, Texas high school principal has been arrested after he allegedly attempted to pay 90 bucks to have sexual intercourse with an undercover detective taking part in Operation Naughty List, according to Fox 26 in Houston. James Brian Schillingberg, he's a principal at the Clements High School in the Fort Bend Independent School District, was arrested for a solicitation of prostitution. Fort Bend assistant D.A. Wesley Whitting told the TV station, official charges have yet to be filed. He said, we'll review it and make sure the evidence is sufficient, and if so, we'll take it before a grand jury and ask for the indictment. If not, we'll reject it, and it'll be over. Now, according to court records, authorities included a detective from the Fort Bend County Sheriff's Office. They were conducting an Operation Naughty List to identify and arrest sex buyers in an effect and basically trying to reduce the demand for victimized sex workers in a hotel in Missouri City, Texas. The Houston Police Department detective was assigned to work undercover, which entailed posting advertisements to websites known to promote prostitution. The undercover detective and Schillingberg arranged to meet in a hotel room, and he allegedly agreed to participate in sexual intercourse and deviant sexual intercourse for 90 bucks. Schillingberg was apprehended once the deal was made. Fort Bend School District confirmed with Fox News Digital that Schillingberg was arrested, adding that he had been since placed on administrative leave and said, we are committed to ensuring there is no disruption to instruction and a smooth administration transition. Schillingberg has uh, been a principal at the high school since 2022. A judge set the principal's bond at $5,000, which he posted before he left the Fort Bend County Jail, and he's due back in court in 2024. <clears throat> a little extra side hustle there for the school principal, I guess. <clears throat> well, here is something you don't normally see in your neighborhood, unless it's maybe trick-or-treat night. A man dressed as a giant gingerbread man has a community in Virginia on edge. He was spotted trying to get into a home, according to a report. 
An Arlington County resident told WUSA 9 that he was sitting down for dinner with his family when this inflatable life-size cookie appeared at his front door, standing silently. The resident said, my wife said, hey, listen, there's this guy. He didn't ring the doorbell. He's just standing there, and he's in this gingerbread man's costume. And I'm like, gingerbread man what? Well, he chose to withhold the family name because the gingerbread man is still on the loose, and, well, his motives are still unclear. Stunned, he and his wife watched the person on their security camera from inside the house. He says, we noticed the door he was was trying to be pushed. We looked at the camera, and I'm looking at this guy in, in the costume. The homeowner is talking to WUSA 9. Well, unsure of what to do next, he phones the police department's non-emergency line uh, to report a bizarre encounter. <clears throat> he says, I just told him, hey, listen, I just wanted to report this. It's not an emergency. Some guy came with a gingerbread man costume, and they were like a gingerbread man. And I'm like, yeah, gingerbread man costume. I have the video. Well, about an hour earlier, another resident of the neighborhood, Lindsay Churchill, said she saw the gingerbread man lurking outside her house. And she tells WUSA 9, all of a sudden, my dogs are going crazy, barking out the window. And I look out, and here's this giant blow-up gingerbread man costume out out on the sidewalk. We kind of locked eyes, and the gingerbread man went on his way. So weird. It was not holly jolly. Well, several other neighbors also reported spotting the costumed creep. One person described the situation as being like a horror movie. They said, in this in this costume, this whole ordeal, what was the goal? Just to see if we we're home or to enter the house? I mean, Arlington County Police told the outlet that they'd received an online report about the man in a gingerbread costume trying to open the door, but said he walked away after finding the door locked. The department said a witness approached the subject outside and, well, he reportedly stated that he was looking for a friend's house. Some neighbors told the outlet they were concerned that police never spoke with the gingerbread man and they've made no arrests in connection to the incident. Sounds like a really creepy horror movie that you would probably see around Christmas time. Hmm. Well, Americans believe only 37% of the content that they're seeing nowadays on social media is real or free of edits or fillers or Photoshop or even filters. Between AI and deep fake videos, a survey of 2,000 adults split evenly by generation reveals that almost three quarters can't even tell what's real or fake anymore. Americans are very wary of both targeted ads and influencer content, but a little more than half find themselves equally likely to question the legitimacy of either one. This goes beyond social media and what's happening online. The survey finds that while 41% have more difficulty determining if an item that they're looking to purchase online is real or a dupe, another 36% find that shopping in person to be just as challenging. While the average respondent would spend about 15 minutes determining if an item is real, meaning a genuine model or a knockoff, millennials take it a step further and will spend upwards of 20 minutes trying to decide. Yeah, it's kind of like this podcast. You listen to some of the stories on this podcast and you're thinking, that possibly can't be real. I can assure you folks, all of them are.
Get up close and personal with My Stupid World by interacting with the podcast through Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World's Telegram channel. I post the actual articles used in the podcast episodes every weekend from the week's collection of stupidity. When you join the channel, you'll get to read the actual stories, see the actual photos, or watch the actual videos from the stupidity that is talked about in each episode. And you can even make comments about what you read or seen, even comments with your suggestions or opinions about what I've talked about. You can even share the links to some of the stupid stories that you've encountered. Visit t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E to see a preview of the channel and download Telegram Messenger, the app to your smartphone. It's also available in desktop versions as well, and it's supported on Windows, Linux, Apple, and Android platforms. Telegram is a secure messaging app that's gaining in popularity. You can learn more by visiting telegram.org. Are you white bread, rye bread, or pumpernickel? Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of like rye and pumpernickel. Uh, but uh, if you're talking about the game I was telling you about, well, you're just white bread. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, well, you, you, were, you were playing uh, the, the, the game of, of toast. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. I, uh, there's this game that's been out there for a while, and it's free to download at least on my PlayStation and um, it, it's called I am bread. And basically you're a slice of bread and you're trying to become toast, you know, by the, putting yourself in a toaster. And then, you know, each level you, you start off in the kitchen naturally, and then you move to like the living room. And then the next level is like a, a bedroom and then like a, a bathroom. That was a, the bathroom's hilarious. Uh, garage, garden. Um, there's all these different places and you can't touch the ground or other things because then you get dirty. So if you get too dirty and your your percentage of dirtiness goes down to zero, then you lose yeah. and you got to start over. Uh, and you're trying to you have to get creative with light sources, like like you have to maybe find a match and a and a striker, you know, like like something to strike it against to then start a fire to toast yourself. Drop it right. on a grill. Um, one of them, you're at like a gas station and you had to find a big lighter on the other side of the men- map. And then go to the other side where there's a car park and pull out like the gas uh, handle that's sitting in the the car's um, like fuel tank uh, spot. And and so like then you have to drop the big lighter on it and the whole thing lights up and and, and like so you got to get creative with it. But but the thing is each corner of the toast a different uh-huh. button controls it. So you've got to push different buttons down to grip surfaces and move. And so it's very janky. Um, you've, only, you've only got so much grip strength before you need to rest, I guess, yeah. as a loaf, of, as a slice of bread. And then, so you got to get strategic. It is, it is janky. I mean, it is real janky. <laughs> but it, it, sounds, it sounds a little too confusing for me. Oh, it's confusing. All right. Uh, but that's part of the funniness of it. And so, you know, when we're throwing like plates and bottles into the toilet, a piece of bread as a piece of bread, you know, my son is just laughing his head off watching this thing. 
Um, oh my gosh, that's too funny. That's great. Yeah, so we've, been, we've been having fun. <laughs> that's too funny. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I never was the um, video game person. I mean, like I said, I, uh, th- th- this is a whole new paradigm, you know, for me now. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the good news is I, I at least grew up with a lot of these things, so I, I could definitely be able to relate with uh, you know kids, um, right. You know when they when he gets older, he does not have the coordination for it yet for any of that. I I barely have the coordination for <laughs> us spread. So, um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, all it's just it's funny. But you know, the the real thing is because we're a few days away from Christmas. Uh, naturally, that means uh, you know, a couple of days ago, my three year old, uh, you know, I don't feel very good. My stomach hurts, and oh. you're like, oh. Oh, there it goes. And, and then, you know, moments later, sitting on the couch in my wife's lap, I mean, just like vomit, <laughs> bubbling up out of his mouth all over the couch, all over the rug, the floor, all over my wife, all over my son. Uh, and it trails all the way to the bathroom. And of course, by the time he gets to the bathroom, it's all already out. You know, yeah. um, now he says he feels better after that, but it's been a couple of days and he's got a little bit of a runny nose and he had a fever a couple of days ago and he had a sore throat initially. And and so, you know, we're just trying to make sure that, that our three-month-old doesn't get, like, the flu. You know, he already got RSV. We're like, oh, great, now comes the flu. It looks like it might be a little 24-hour stomach bug, I'm thinking. Uh, and everyone else is good so far, but we'll see how that goes, I guess. I guess, yeah, I, I glimpsed up, I guess, our life. That, well, that, and I'm trying to figure out how to get our three-year-old to stop whining about everything. Like, like even just regular conversation sounds like this, and, like, I want to do, and, but and, and it'll be like simple things like, oh, and but like, I already said you could do that. Like, you know, I want, I'm like, why, why are you, com- why are you wanting to complaining about it? You, you, said, um, you know, so like, I just everything, you know, so we're trying to figure out how, how do we break him out of this? We've got this timer that we put on when he whines, but I mean, gosh, that thing's on all the time. You, you you don't remember the old TV show called The Facts of Life, don't you? Uh, no, I, I I'm not that old. Oh, thanks a lot. There was a there was a girl that was in the it was in that TV show called Lisa Welchill, and uh, and and she was in the the TV show Facts of Life, and she wrote a book on creative discipline, and one of the best lines in the book was when the kids start whining like that, you just look at them and go, I'm sorry, I don't understand whinies. Whinies. I don't know if my, my son is old enough to like understand puns that way. He's just <laughs> trying to get a basic grasp of the English language to begin with. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'll tell you, it's fun when they get to that point when they realize that they can use intonation in their voice to just really annoy the crap out of you. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we've had plenty of conversations about what body language is. <laughs> uh, like he's like, because you know, he's like, "What's up, man?" I'm like, "You could whine without even saying anything," you know. And, yeah, yeah. Well, and he, he's got a lot of uh, bumps on the head for doing exactly, exactly that. I mean, you know, you like start whining and throw yourself around, and boom, right on the side of the counter because he's he's exactly the height. Like his head is at perfect head level, like it's right at the ear level, wherever the counters are. <laughs> And so yeah. he throws himself around. I'm like, well, I bet that hurt. 
Maybe you shouldn't lie about things like that. <laughs> well, he, he hasn't gotten to the point where he throws himself down on the floor and flops around when you're at the grocery store. Oh, he, well, he's in that. Not, not the grocery store thing. We usually have a fun time there. I, I try to make it fun at least. Usually, I, I, it's pretty physical. I try to keep them running. Like, oh, I'm the guy that's, I'm the dad chasing their son down the aisle at full speed with a yep. shopping cart while there you the go. child runs away from it like it's a, you know, like an old Steven Spielberg film or something. <laughs> uh, like a Stephen King novel. I don't know. Um, and, and that's kind of what I would do, too. When my, my wife would take all of us and they'd go clothes shopping, I would be underneath the clothes. You know, the little the little rafts that are in the circles, you know, and the kids would be oh, inside. Yeah. The, I'm, a, I'm in there with them as well, playing hide-and-go-seek. Oh, I, I mean, I don't know what it is about those. It's like kids are naturally drawn to that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, but, uh, yeah, you know, those days for me are long gone now. You know, I'm just uh, yeah, enjoying... Be really weird and creepy if you were doing that now. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It would be just a little strange. That's a, they might be able to call the, the the safety officer to come and escort me out of the store. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh man. All right, come on, come on, Mister Lane. I think you've had enough fun here for the day. <laughs> yeah. You know? so, so I mean, well, you've got to have some kind of stupid story of the week for your, yourself, right? Well, yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, I could probably come up with some pretty good ones. Look, let me just tell you something. I have already been mining stories for next year. And let me just give you the, my favorite one. If you haven't even heard it already, this is going to be probably the lead story for next next year's stupidity. But now we have found yet another thing that is contributing to global warming. And you'll okay. never guess what it is. You know, this, this is a British study. They have found that breathing contributes to greenhouse gases oh, you know i knew this has got to be where you because like that's the the natural uh place to go from here you know you know people are creating a lot of we need a lot of food yeah. and all this carbon dioxide from we just need to get rid of people and then the environment will be be all yeah. good again yeah of course, these these so-called experts. I wonder if they ever thought about the fact that we we have things on this planet called trees. I, I know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's, I, all of this is wild to me. Um, like this is like no common sense. Like there's, I, like I get that there's there might be like an in between on something, but anyone that goes all in on one side or the other, oh. to like the extremes. If you're on the oh, yeah. extreme of any end, you're you're probably uh, you know not in the the right mindset. I think for things. Yeah, right, right yeah, mind. you know that. Right. Well, so let me ask you. So, has the uh, Poncho household all set for Christmas? Are the kids like really excited and they're all fidgety and all that stuff? Oh gosh, well you know kids are fidgety and excited. Uh, now you know whether we're ready or not. Um, you know, <laughs> yesterday my wife had to take out the little green machine, uh, which is like yep. a pet like, you know, vacuum shampooing yep. carpet thing uh, and take that towards our couch and our rugs and stuff because of yep. uh, all the vomit. So we're yep. a little bit yep. behind, I think, on some of the Christmas. Uh, yeah, stuff. well, but, uh, that's OK. We'll get everything wrapped in time. When, when you're telling me about the whole vomit story, you know, I, I you you will enjoy the fact that I did a story about a woman on an airline who had her bags in the seat in front of her underneath the seat, and the passengers were drunk, and they puked all over her bags. <laughs> I, I saw that, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, and 
Yeah, the airlines couldn't do anything about it, you know. So I'm like, okay, that's good, that's good. So yeah, well, I mean, at least now you know you're you're you've broken in on the puke, the, the that that thing. But well, um, my 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 was wondering. I mean, obviously, little Poncho is, is uh, kind of got the concept that you know we got Santa Claus coming, and so he's kind of excited about that. But my question is, have you gone down that road with the little elf on the shelf yet? No, not yet. And I will say Elf on the Shelf is fun. Like, I, I love the idea, the concept. And I would like, I'd be the guy that goes to it and, and just try to make it funny and, and weird. Um, <laughs> I, I'll give you another little preview of what's coming next next year. Okay. There's a there's the, probably the best Elf on the Shelf story I have seen yet. And it's being done by a veterinarian. I think uh, it's over. I mean, and they've <laughs> pictures of the elf on a shelf holding a um, severed horse testicle. Oh my gosh, look at that. <laughs> this is like a like a godfather kind of thing, I guess. I don't know. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. And in one of the pictures I saw, there's an elf on the shelf holding a pair of scissors. Apparently, this dog is sedated, but his legs are spread open and the scissors are strategically placed on the dog. This just makes you think of the old claymation, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and, and Hermie, you know, and he's like, <laughs> you know, I've always wanted to be a veterinarian. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's great. So we've got Great some, deal. some, you know, reindeer that could use their anal glands expressed up here, don't you think, Santa? <laughs> and it it literally was like a tidal wave of stupidity every time <laughs> I opened it. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. When we come back, when we come back from for for twenty for the next year twenty twenty four, we're gonna have a full load of this stuff, man. Oh, it's just been. I'm looking forward to it for sure. Um, yeah, I, I I will say. Well, look, uh, welcome to the podcast. If this is your first episode, then then why? Like, oh, it's it's Christmas. It's the last <laughs> one of the year. Um, but you know what? I guess you, you have a you know some extra time because we're we're taking a small gap in between for the holidays. You got some time to catch up, I guess. Um, Go back Lane, to the, uh, the previous episodes, right? I, I hijack Eric Lane's podcast. Uh, I'm Pancho Guido. I live in Florida, and I, I kind of give, uh, I guess, what some some Florida stories to the mix. And you're um, not necessarily Florida man, but you probably have seen them. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. I, I'm definitely a transplant down here. Though, Mrs. My my wife, uh, Mrs. Pancho, she is. Yeah, she's born and raised Florida, but but she is uh, probably the most sane person you'll, you're going to meet. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I pick out like seven headlines. Eric Eric sends them to me. He gives me like twenty or so, twenty, a couple dozen headlines, and I pick out what I think are the seven best ones. And um, you got a little because there was a lot to choose from. Yeah, oh yeah, and then we just riff on it. Uh, it's I think it's funny. Sometimes I try to pick things that are just wild, like unbelievable, or largely immature. And sometimes things I just think are funny, like are relatable, you know, and the, the, the first story I think is relatable. And, and especially for me, this is like, I want ideas because um, yeah. I, I, I've always had a weird sense of humor. Uh, my, my mom has always said that I've, I've ever since I was a kid marched to the beat of my own drum. 
and I can see this. Um, and, and so I, I'm the one that makes the immature jokes at home. And then sometimes Mrs. Poncho laughs. Uh, usually she laughs always. Sometimes I get a big ew beforehand if it's particularly, uh, you know, bad or something. Um, but, you know, so in fact, actually just, so we, we've got Advent calendars. Uh, not Advent, we got Advent calendar, but we got Advent candles, I should say. And, and yes. last night, uh, or, or last Sunday, I guess, when we lit these, um, the candle like our heater came on because believe it or not, it is cold enough down here still for that. And, um, and, and like, so the, the wind's kind of blowing onto the table. It's making the, the flame kind of shoot horizontal. And we just got all this yeah. like wax drippings down the side of the candles. And uh, ah. so I kind of, you know, picked them off afterwards just to keep them looking a little nice. And, but like, you know, you get these little wax drippings down and it, as I'm picking off, it kind of looks a little bit immature. I guess we'll say like uh, like something yeah. you know, looks like something that you could shoot out of uh, uh -huh. you know uh -huh. uh, of yourself I yes. guess um, you yes. know uh, yes and uh, so you know I kind of save it on the side to make a an after dark joke once the kids go to bed with Mrs. Poncho <laughs> uh, you know because <laughs> because this is what I, see. I, I see it I was like she's this is actually one that she's gonna get grossed out with and be like ew but uh, yeah I, I'm gonna get a big laugh out of it. Um, oh, and, uh, you know, so I, like, I, I appreciate this elf on the shelf. Um, I, I will be this dad one day that gets banned from elf on the shelf. Um, because I'll, I'll make a joke <laughs> that goes too far. I'll be like, look, the kids aren't really going to understand it yet. Um, so I, I can relate with this Nevada dad. Uh, there's a Nevada mom of four. She's gone viral for the unusual position. Her husband put their elf on the shelf in, um, you know, <laughs> Basically, you could you could name him like like Elf. Uh, what, what's like an Elf name for like Andrew Tate or something? That's basically <laughs> like uh, the impression I get here. Um, when your husband is in charge of an Elf on the shelf, is is what the um, I guess what her her text says on this thing. And Arisa uh, yeah. Laska is uh, is her name. She wrote in in uh, text over her thirteen second clip which has now over 2.8 million views since it was posted on TikTok. The video set to M&M's Without Me shows the elf soaking in a bubbly bath room sink with three dolls. Um, <laughs> I, I can only imagine that they are, you know, probably not clothed, these dolls. Yes. Um, and uh, a small empty bottle of Tito's handmade vodka sits nearby. <laughs> the elf, of course, sporting his trademark cheeky smile. He, uh, extra yeah. cheeky that night, I suppose. He is no longer in charge, uh, Laska declared in the caption, referencing her husband. The Elf on the cell, uh, Shelf phenomenon dates back almost two decades to a picture book written by Carol Abersol and uh, her daughter, Shonda uh, Bell. The pair described an elf that sits on people's homes to report to Santa who has been good and who has been bad. He hides in different spots around the home, which prompts parents to be creative with how and where the elf is positioned each day. Yeah. So that is like, you're supposed to change where he's at each day, make it seem like he's observing, being active. Now, when yeah. you get almost 3 million views on this thing, I think that he needs to be the exclusive elf on the shelf uh, <laughs> person going forward, is what I think. Yes, 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 a absolutely. I, and and I, I happen to see the picture, and it, it's pretty funny. It really is, because you got the little elf right there, and he's got two lovely little baby dolls right there next to him in the soapy suds in the sink, you know. But, but uh, yeah, I, I uh, 
I, I can't wait for you to see the elf on the shelf holding the horse testicle. This is going to be the best uh, one yet. Yeah, that, that one I'm looking forward to. That one definitely beats it. Yes. I, I will say it, it does kind of tease a little bit of what we've got coming later in the episode here as well. <laughs> I had to make sure I found a link that did not have a pixelized image of the situation. Oh, no. A lot of blurred out uh, photos. Of the, of the <laughs> yes. Uh, well, and, and of other things as well. So, yeah. But I guess this, this veterinarian has had a history of, uh, let's just say, rather odd elf on the shelf pictures in time. This was the one that really put it over the edge. So that's... Uh, I, I, I can hardly wait. It's 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 just gonna. I'm I'm excited. Very well. Actually, even this week is going to be pretty good too because there's some some good surprises in this this episode. But here's something that I think maybe you probably should listen to your parents when they tell you not to do stupid things. You know, like don't run with scissors or things like you know if you throw that you're going to put someone's eye out or something like this. Well, if your mother has ever told you don't try to hold in your sneeze, she's probably doing you a favor. I don't know if you've ever tried to do this or not, but... Oh, I do it all the trying, time, and this is almost concerning here. Yeah, so, so I mean, and especially if you're, you know, flying down a freeway at 70 miles an hour, sneezing might be a little scary, okay? But I have something that might be even more terrifying as an alternative here. There's this guy in his 30s. Now he's driving in Scotland and he's flying down the interstate and he has this sneeze developing and you've been there and he's deciding he's he, he, don't, he has to hold it in, right? So what he decides to do is he closes his mouth and pinches his nose, but unfortunately the sneeze still pressed through and it tore a hole in his throat. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Now, that is a sneeze. So It's like, it's like worse than Sammy Sosa back in the day or whatever, throwing his back yeah. out. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he shows up at the hospital in severe pain. So the scan they did shows a two-millimeter tear in his windpipe. Can you oh. believe that? I blew, okay. blew a hole in his windpipe. The technical term actually is called spontaneous tracheal perforation. Um, so so there's actually like, he basically gave himself a tracheotomy, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. So now it rarely happens this way. The doctors could only find a handful of cases. But thankfully, the good news is he's okay and didn't even need surgery, believe it or not. So oh. They did get yeah, they gave him some painkillers. The the tear actually healed itself within a few weeks. I guess no stitches or whatever. The experts hope that the story actually teaches everybody else a good lesson. They should never try to hold in a sneeze like that. Because if you literally plug up your nose, the pressure in your upper airway literally can be like 20 times what it normally is. And really, this guy's lucky that it wasn't worse. I mean, it could also, check it out, could also rupture your eardrums. It could break your ribs or even give you an aneurysm. Okay. Oh <laughs> Yeah. So, and there's even some pictures of the scans where you see the tear and there's like air pockets where there shouldn't yeah, yeah. be air pockets. I, you know, you know, anytime I've ever tried to hold a sneeze in, it, it's just by like sheer will, but never plugging up the nose. So I guess that's, oh, yeah. that, that's a you know, relief. It's probably a good thing that, you know, it didn't 
pop his eyeballs out or something like that, you know? <laughs> I, 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 like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something, and what was it, like Total Recall or whatnot? Um, <laughs> Man. So, but but seriously, I mean, that I, I don't think I've ever tried to hold a sneeze in like that. I've just tried well, to... Yet. Just you know, yeah, but ne never, never that before. That I, actually, that kind of reminds me of a true something that actually did happen. This was like years ago, and it wasn't have it had nothing to do with the sneeze. This actually happened at the opposite end. Uh, that it was during a weightlifting competition at Penn State, I believe is where it was, and this dude was going to try to pick up like this these huge weights from a squat, and what he ended up doing was basically pushing out his intestines through his rectum. Oh my gosh, yeah, like an, oh, have, have you ever seen, like, seen what an inguinal hernia can do? Oh, um, no, I, yeah, well, I've heard of them, but, yeah. uh, but no. Apparently, yeah. uh, apparently the this sack guy is all open to the rest of the body uh, for, you know, it to receive things, right. uh, like her herniated things. Uh, with yes. Men, um, I, I, this is like the, the only episode I've ever seen of Deadliest Catch. And uh, <laughs> a friend showed me. He's like, look at this because I'm horrified knowing that this can exist and I need to share oh, it yeah. with somebody. And I was that yeah, well, somebody, unfortunately. Well, this, this weightlifter literally could not stand up. He had to stay squatted while they tucked him back together. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, well, you know what, uh, tearing a hole in your throat, um, is, is I, uh, no good, but I guess I'll take that over tearing a hole in your heart. Um, and, uh, you know, e either that or, um, well, I guess you got rupturing, but, um, we've got recapturing going on in uh -huh. that story. Um, so the, the department, this is, there's an escape prisoner. He gets recaptured, uh, but I, I guess the, the the circumstances in which he gets captured is what I think is comical. Uh, the Department of Corrections in Thailand recently recaptured an, uh, a 37-year-old escaped prisoner who had fled from the surgical ward of Bang Lamong Hospital, and uh, you're going to find out later that he's going to really be putting the bang in Bang Lamong. Uh, <laughs> in fact, he's hoping to come back to it being Bang Lahung. Um, <laughs> he, he was discovered hiding on the rooftop of a one-story psychiatry um, or psychiatry ward building uh, several yards from the surgical ward he had escaped from. Th uh, Thanafat Mayod, uh, who was serving a sentence at Pattaya uh, Remond Prison for the uh, theft conviction, uh, had been admitted to the hospital as he was suffering from a serious infection caused by a penis and enlargement and like injections um oh yeah um and, and i mean this is these are the kind of stories that we talk about anyways like people that try to do their diy injections for yeah. enlargement yeah like, uh hemorrhoid cream is i think our favorite uh That's the favorite. surgery and was recovering in a uh room on the seventh floor of the surgical ward reported bangkok uh post in the early morning hours thenafat managed to sever or, uh, the chains around his ankles using a pair of pliers and escape from his room. His absence instigated an immediate search of, by the prison officials. Despite making efforts to search the area surrounding the hospital, they were unsuccessful in locating Thanafat. However, 
The officials were convinced that he could not have gone far due to a urine tube still extended to all buildings within the hall, um, or still being inserted into his penis. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the urine <laughs> tube is still inserted. Uh, so like, he can't get that far. Uh, I, if anything, I guess you could just follow the, uh, like the pee trail because you know, if anyone knows how <laughs> catheters work, <laughs> uh, um, their, their uh, search then extended to all buildings within the hospital compound. Finally, they found Thenefat huddled on the rooftop of a nearby building. The escape prisoner still had a remaining sentence of one year and 10 months for his theft conviction. Oh, so, man, I, I guess it's, you know, if you're stuck in jail, I guess it's the, the one, you know, power move you could try to make other than lifting weights would be, you know, trying to see who, who is hung the most, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he must have been trying to put it in that penis filler that I was talking about in an earlier episode. Um, <laughs> that's the new thing now. This is a, a thing where we've got people that are offering doctors are offering penis fillers for guys just in time for gray sweatpants season. <laughs> say that way yeah yeah you know if you happen to be a grower not a shower you see and in this way you know when you're in your sweatpants trying to work off all the extra pounds you put on over christmas well you want to you know this is i guess the men's version of getting a boob job or something <laughs> i don't know <laughs> oh man <laughs> So, uh, but i know we've got one guy though in florida that was uh trying to Let's just say enhance his uh, his penis by way of a manatee mannequin. This this is just I I still keep hearing the the, the Veggie Tale song Barbara Manatee playing over and over in my head when I hear this read this. I just uh, but, think of like this, huge man titties. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, look, I, I I love stories from people talking about the ridiculous things they did when they were young and stupid, okay? And frankly, if this particular guy can get his life turned around, well, I think he should be able to trump anybody's juvenile idiocy, I guarantee it. He's a 23-year-old guy in Florida. His name is Anthony Lessa. He got arrested after a rather drunken outburst at a restaurant, which also included throwing gator nuggets, <laughs> I, I don't know. Is Gator Nuggets a thing in Florida? Do they serve Gator Nuggets at the restaurants down there? I guess but. They, they do. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. He's tossing Gator Nuggets at people. So when somebody confronts him, he ran over to this life-size manatee mannequin that's outside the restaurant, and he's it, it, the man. This manatee mannequin is wearing a T-shirt that says, "Did someone say tacos?" <laughs> so. <laughs> According to the report, old Anthony then begins to sexually molest the manatee. Okay, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't. Did they design this mannequin to be sexually molested? I, I don't know. But I, mean, I, looked, I looked at a picture of it, and it's not that you know. It's a manatee. It looks like a manatee. So yeah, but it doesn't look that endowed. I guess I'm. No, so, I'm no, not sure no. what he. But I'm not sure what he's molesting. But thankfully, I mean, the folks didn't get any more detailed about exactly what happened. Uh, but the police did show up and charged him with disorderly intoxication and disturbance. And he was booked and then released later. But according to the Internet, Anthony is a student pilot at a flight school in Florida, believe it or not. But I mean, still, I mean, really, that that that, that poor mannequin. I mean, obviously, this creep clearly had no 
humanity left. Okay, yeah. People could really could not believe he actually did this to the manatee. I mean, after all, frankly, that's not how you uh, seal the deal, you know? Seal, yeah. I, I, oh, look, some, some guys are into the bigger gals, okay? Uh, he, <laughs> the, the, the thing that I find funny about the whole thing, like when you think about a statue of a manatee, you think, like, 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 I've seen plenty of them down here because we have manatees down here. Uh, or at the zoo, yeah. like, you expect it to just be, like, a manatee. You don't you don't need to censor yeah. it. You don't need to cover it up. But, but like, this is the only manatee statue I've ever seen that actually has clothes on. So you'd think that if yeah. you were going to molest a manatee, it would at least be topless or something. Um, but, True. no, you know, you're like, no, leave, leave the shirt on, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Um, but, you know what, look, I, if you, you've got – things from molesting manatees to molesting senators or staffers at least uh if you oh. have not heard this story then uh, you know like i i don't know where you've been this past week uh and it, it's a long one so uh i guess just strap in for the ride um, no, but it's a good one. Oh no it, it, it is a good one um here are the headlines sometimes the headline it, it just it is it, is better to hear it first so Senate staffer caught <laughs> filming gay sex tape in Senate hearing room, now being slammed for implying that he's the victim. <laughs> of uh, course. Of course. So a 24-year-old Democrat congressional aide who was fired for filming a gay sex tape in the Senate is facing possible criminal charges after his X-rated clip went uh, or swept the Internet. Aiden um, Maisi, I don't know, Seropsky, uh, I I can't let the, the, yeah. these, are, these are syllables I'm not used to. Um, he was yeah, Sir, yeah, his name is Zorowski because I heard him talking about him on Fox News. Zorowski, there you go. So Zorowski. Um, we've got, uh, what is it? He, he was fired by Senator Ben Cardin less than a day after a lewd video showing two men having sex in a Senate hearing room was exposed. The Capitol Police are reportedly now investigating the explicit incident, which occurred occurred in the same room where Supreme Court justice nominees are grilled by senators. The aide, <laughs> who appeared in a 2020 campaign video with Joe Biden, already sparked backlash as he released his own statement on LinkedIn, alleged, alleging that he uh, is being attacked for who I love to pursue um, like a political agenda. Um, now, while the, the embattled staffer says he is considering legal action, he may be joined by Capitol Police as they are reportedly looking into whether he broke any laws. Those oh. could include trespassing and obscenity. Contacted by DailyMail.com shortly before his firing was confirmed. Um, now, you know, like, he's a Democrat, so I, I doubt he's going to actually get charged with anything. Um, well, tr true. But, yeah, you never know. I mean, the fact that you've got video evidence there definitely does uh, make it kind of hard to get out of. Now, uh -huh. Sarowski's mother, Magdalena Rivera, may say, uh, implied that her son had been left distraught by what had happened, saying, you don't want to know uh, how he's doing, but his fortunes may worsen as an investigation has reportedly been launched into the video, which was said to be initially shared in a private group chat for gay men on the Hill. According to attorney Jonathan Turley, there are a number of laws that could potentially have been broken, including whether an official use of the hearing room could be considered trespassing. I, I'd like to say that this was just like a, uh, what, what do you, what do you call it? Like a, a, 
you know, a, a capital riot invasion of this poor oh, man's yeah. butthole. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So uh, he, he added that the footage could land the staffer in legal hot water if it was shot in the public room to make revenue or if it could constitute a lewd, indecent, or obscene act. There is also reportedly a question mark over whether he misused or damaged government property. Um, I'm sure, you know, that uh, some of the senators are going to be wondering what the stain is on their chair when they return to work on Monday. Um, going to be a I think the stain is going to be a lot more uh, problematic than what was on the blue dress. All right. You know? Just days before the video surfaced, Jewish congressman, like, if you didn't want to get caught, why, why did you film the thing, is what I want to know. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Jewish con congressman Max Miller told the Washington Free Beacon that Swarovski confronted him and screamed, free Palestine in his face. Um, he mu that must be the name of his dick or something. Um Sorovsky uh, said <laughs> of those allegations, as for the accusations uh, regarding Congressman Max Miller, I have never seen the congressman and I had no opportunity or cause to yell or confront him. Footage of the fling first exposed by the Daily Caller shows a young looking male staffer bent over a conference room in the Hart Senate office building. Another man stands behind him filming the sex act they're performing in X-rated detail. Staffer is oh. seen in a separate picture, naked and on all fours on a table where senators often sit and ask questions during hearings. Now, I just want to know, like, is this like, could this be considered like a filibuster or pork barreling? I think that pork, you know, <laughs> or pork barreling, I don't know. Yeah, um, the pork is probably big right there. That's true. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the footage was allegedly shared in a private group for gay men in the political scene and reportedly appeared on a since-deleted account on X. Its owner identifies himself as a twink, uh, like young, smooth-bodied gay man, basically, is what that means. Yeah. Um, engaging in sex acts with his older bear partner, which would, I guess, imply oh. that he's pretty hairy. Uh, yeah. According to his LinkedIn, Swarovski has worked in Cardin's office since October of 2021 and previously worked as a field organizer for the Democratic Party in Virginia and as a climate researcher for Charity Friends of the Earth. Uh, Cardin uh, announced his retirement at the end of his current term in May, and his office has not commented on the allegations against the staffer. Uh -huh. Swarovski did not immediately respond to attempts to contact him. Congressman Mike Collins reacted to the video on social media and hit out at the um, at the actions uh, of the alleged staffer. He writes, heck of a week for the left. Gay porn in the Senate, swearing in ceremony on child porn in Virginia, tranny uh, lap dancers or tap dancers in the White House and uh, satanic statues in Iowa. What else am I missing? Um, yeah, I guess, I guess Merry Christmas, right? Um, uh, from the left. Yeah. Uh, allegedly caused a separate incident just days before the explicit video surfaced as Ohio Republican Congressman Max Miller accused him of confronting him over his support for Israel. Miller claimed to the Washington Free Beacon that Swarovski marched towards him outside a shop, um, a coffee shop in the Cannon House office building as he was mid-interview with NBC News Ali Vitali. Miller said the aide was visibly shaking as he made a beeline towards him, feeling the staffer was very upset in the in my presence because he's a snowflake. This yeah. could constitute trespassing as he likely snuck in through the back door. 
Oh, did he ever? I don't yeah. know if you saw the pictures, but it's pretty um, revealing. That's all uh, I got to say. In my mind, I'd like to think that this is all just like some kind of um, long Norm McDonald joke. When you have like long story, you yeah. know, just going, you're like, where is he going with this? Where? And then like, you know, probably God constitutes trespassing as he likely sneaking through the back door. Hey, you know, just yeah. like this is that's that sounds like the exact setup for like some kind of Norm Macdonald movie. It does, um, it really does. But this guy, I mean, he was like doing it doggy style in the Senate hearing room, is what was going on, you know. So, I mean, I, really, I, I think at this point, anything Bill Clinton has ever done in the White House, this is small potatoes compared to what we got going on right now. Okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. Unreal. So, well, uh, apparently, uh, I know there be, might be some folks that would probably like to do this to that Senate staffer, but there was an Ohio man that, uh, let's just say, um, well, he he got shot in the gonads, okay, by his ex-girlfriend, but he does not want an apology. And from and it's his ex girlfriend. She's a thirty six year old ex girlfriend. He still loves her, even though she shot him in the balls. Okay, his name is Charlie Glenn. He says charges against Tanya Nestor are from when she shot him. She she wanted me to take a walk with her, and I found out that she had a pistol with her. Glenn is saying she said it was a pellet gun. I said, well, let me see it because I'm not going to go anywhere with you if you got a gun. So she pulled it out and shot me. He says. Now, a friend of Glenn's, whose name is Paul Carpenter, says he rushed over to his buddy's house after the gunshot. My thoughts were, was he okay? You know, is he dead? Is he alive? I didn't know, but they said that he was okay, you know, and it wasn't life-threatening, as Carpenter was recalling. So according to police, Glenn was actually able to get the gun away from his ex-girlfriend, said that she, she pulled the pistol out and shot me, I, and I proceeded to take the pistol from her at that point and got her down. And said my family members called 911 because I was shot and bleeding. So now Glenn's back home, and, well, Nestor is in the uh, Butler County Jail being held on a $100,000 bond. She's facing felonious assault charges and due back in court. But here's the news report of the shooting that was described uh, by the uh, Cincinnati Fox 19's reporter at WXIX-TV. Yeah, Amber, we are along Schuler Avenue in Hamilton, and uh, we actually saw Charlie Glenn come home from the hospital about uh, 3 o'clock this afternoon. He was surrounded by family members. Now, he was able to walk into his house, albeit very slowly. Meanwhile, his ex-girlfriend, the woman accused of shooting him, is now behind bars. I need an ambulance ASAP because... Um uh, Police say the woman on the call is Glenn's ex-girlfriend, 36-year-old Tanya Nestor. Shot him with Nine, the... uh, and It's in between the legs. I just don't know exactly where. Shot him in between the legs? Yes. I don't know if he hit his privates or what. The alleged victim is 49-year-old Charlie Glenn. Wanted me to take a walk with her, and I found out that she had a pistol with her, and I, she said it was a pellet run. And I, I said, well, let me see it, because you know, I'm not going to go anywhere with you if you got a gun. And she pulled it out and, and shot me. <laughs> Paul Carpenter said he rushed to the house to check on his friend. My thoughts was, you know, was he okay or, you know, uh, is, he, is he dead? Is he alive? I didn't know. But uh, they said he was okay and, and, you know, it wasn't life-threatening. Police say Glenn was able to get the gun away from his ex-girlfriend. He still has it in his hand, yes. He still has it? He took it from her, yes. She pulled the pistol out and... Shot me, and I, I, I proceeded to take the pistol from her at that point and uh, got her down and 
You know, my family members called the 911 because I was shot and bleeding. She's trying to take off at the door. She just went out the front door because she's trying to leave. Which way did she run? Um, I, um, I don't know. The caller told police they saw Nestor run east from the house through an alley towards Crawford Woods. Hamilton police say they eventually arrested Nestor at a house on Caldwell Street about a half mile from the crime scene. Back at the house, the dispatcher asked about Glenn's wound. Okay, is there more than one wound or is it just the one? Is it just one wound, Charlie? One wound shot, but I think it went through my pistol into my butt cheek and out. It's unfortunate. You know, that somebody would, you know, I don't know if they had relationship problems or what, but, um, you know, to do something like that is, is, is horrible. Glenn says Nestor is taking medication for a mental disability. I mean, you want to say something to her? I mean, you want an apology from her? You want no, to? no. I don't expect Nestor from her. I, I still to this day love her. And if she ever gets better, Now, Charlie Glenn tells me that his doctors say that uh, he'll have to take it easy for a couple of weeks, but he does expect to make a full recovery. Tanya Nestor, meanwhile, behind bars tonight at the Butler County Jail. She is charged with felonious assault, being held on a $100,000 bond. She is expected back in court on December 12th. Reporting live from Hamilton, Mike Shell, Fox 19 Now. <laughs> so that, that woman's good girl must really be made uh, out of gold or something, because for a man to still love her after she practically blew his nuts apart, that's pretty big. I mean, if there ever was a great reason to tell a woman to pound sand, I'm thinking this just might be the incident right here. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, look, I think that's true love uh, when I hear that. <laughs> um, you know, no, no greater love does... Uh, a man have for a woman than, uh, you know, to continue to love yeah. her after shooting off one of his testes. Um, yeah, I guess it's the real, the real testy of love. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, 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 I'm trying here. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I laugh like earlier this year, I can't remember how long ago was I, that's good. Knew, that's good. Near the beginning of the year, I, I took my son out to the woods, and we we're just, you know, going on a hike and adventure out there. And um, and he basically like he starts. Uh, well, we we get back, like we get back, and I'm taking a shower. I don't know if it was later that day, probably the next day, because it takes time for these things to to kind of like eat. I guess um, I, I'm showering, yeah. and I kind of like you know putting body wash on me. I feel kind of like a a, a bump. I'm like, hmm, yeah. that's weird. What is that? Like, it kind of feels like a skin tag, but I don't have any skin tags. And and I think, oh, my gosh, I know exactly what this is. And I know what it is because whenever my dog gets ticks, I'm the guy that has to get them off because no one else yeah. is going to do it. Um, I'm like, yeah. I have a tick. I have got a tick. And I say it was my butt. It was very, very upper thigh. But it was upper okay. thigh enough that I basically was like, all right, I'm coming out of the shower. I can't reach it because of where it's located. And so I'm getting my <laughs> wife to basically, I lay down on the bed, you know, butt naked, uh, butt in the air. And, I, and I'm like, you know, look, you need to get this thing off of me because I can't. Now, my wife <laughs> is freaked out by any kind of parasite, especially ticks. So she's sitting there just going, ew, 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 oh my gosh. And, and like this reluctantly. And I'm like, I just need you to do it. And get it out, like, you know. Out, and oh man, um, she got it out. And and I will say, like, there, the head wasn't stuck in or anything. So she did a great job. Uh, thankfully, it was wow. just like a dog tick. It was not a like a deer tick or yeah. anything. 
And um, yeah, and I thought like, man, you know what? That's true love right there. And uh, my wife said she's like, I would literally have never done that for anybody else. So I oh, thought that yeah. was special, you know. Uh, I'd like to think that if Mrs. Poncho accidentally shut off one of my balls, I would absolutely love her just the same. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I think I'm going to go when I go into work at the radio station tomorrow. I'm going to dedicate a song to Mrs. Poncho. It is the song by Brad Paisley called "Check Yourself for Ticks." Check yourself for ticks. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I, I, I don't, if you want that as a pickup line for your lady. I don't think it's going to work very well in my experience, yeah. but I, I yeah. will say in my experience, I, I did get, uh, you know, her to, to uh, touch my rump. So if that's what you're going for, then maybe, you know, you could get that far, I guess. Does that count as like a second or third base? I don't know. Um, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's too fun. That, that is a middle image now that will be that will also be seared into my mind now for many, many years. I just want you to know this. No, no, it's upper thigh, not butt, but look, I'm calling it butt. It's funny. Um, but, but still, the fact that you're bent over the bed, but naked while she's trying to pull this oh, yeah. tick off of you, you know, that's still the best right there. So, like, like Shaggy, uh, whatever, uh, <laughs> if you know that old oh, Shaggy song. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, um, <laughs> Look, I guess the good news is that if you do get one of your balls accidentally shut off from your lady, then you can you don't have to let it go to waste. Um, <laughs> and, and which this leads us to our last story here. Uh, and we like to talk about weird food, you know, or at least I like to talk about weird food. Um, yeah, this one, this one actually goes. I usually say I will try <laughs> everything at least once. Um, just to say I've done it. Like, I like the story, right? And when you have something gross, yeah. it creates a story about it. And, and sometimes the story is better than the meal itself. And then that's why <laughs> eating gross things is kind of fun, even though it's gross. Um, I don't think I can do this. I, I, I'm not, this would take it a step too far for me. Um, yeah. This, but now uh, you did have a friend. Didn't you have a friend that sort of did this? I, I did, yes. Yeah. So, so look, we're talking about a, a New York City restaurant that is serving penis and testicle soup. Um, <laughs> and so, would you eat it? You know, like uh, for Christmas, maybe. Maybe you could serve up a nice soup for Christmas. Wow. And it's out. Wow. Uh, I do have a friend of mine who uh, who got a bowl of pho uh, with him and a friend from like a Vietnamese uh, place, and they they didn't they couldn't read the menu. Uh, it was all in Vietnamese, so they order it. And then it, it's got beef in it. It's very beefy. It's pungently beefy. In fact, it's yeah. kind of spongy uh, yeah. as they're eating it. And then they realize they're eating bull testicle in the soup. Um, <laughs> you're right. And, and so and it's just the whole thing. You're like, oh, gosh, it just does not sound great. Um, well, New Yorkers are known for grabbing life by the balls, right? Yeah. Uh, now they're lighting up to grab them for dinner. Uh, this is hmm. uh, one of the hottest restaurants in town. And uh, you know, uh, you know, try try our hot balls. I guess is probably what they say. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Nax, the place is called Nax. If you want to check it out, N A K S. Um, you know, so the the latest offering from the the Unipologic Foods Dream Team is is like Sister Joint Domica, whose chef Shintan Padia won a James Beard Award for chef in New York State in 2022. 
Um, it's one of the tougher bookings in the city, this place, basically. It, it's They've got some good chefs and things. That's what you need to know. This time, the menu is Filipino. As, as with the group's pr- um, previous restaurants, the food is as authentic as possible, which is why the menu offers things like bull testicles and penis soup. Not exactly the kind of thing you expect to find on First Avenue, two blocks from Storytown. Um, now, head chef Eric Valdez, the former chef de cuisine of at Domica, told the Post, Filipino food is very commercialized over here. It's toned down, but there's more than that. Uh, the, that's what we're trying to do at Nax to present those kind of foods. My inspiration was Ooh. my childhood food that I grew up on from travels in the Philippines and the family recipes that have been passed down to me. Um, you know, so like, you know, you can expect things like beaks and stuff to probably show up in your food too. Um, yeah. Now, don't go with your heart set upon a Bodo chicken or adobo chicken, um, lumpia and other mainstream Pinoy cooking. Nax, Nax is all about the offbeat palate eats from sea cucumber with coconut vinegar to green mango with sumptuously funky shrimp paste. And of course, bull genitalia sliced and diced and served up as the fragrant soup number five. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. And then like love, love potion number, what was that? Like number, number seven. Love potion. Number nine. That's number what that nine. is. Yeah, yeah. This is like love soup number nine. You know, it's made with the love muscle, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> featuring gonad and penis, this is essentially the Philippines' answer to fried Rocky Mountain oysters in the American West. According yeah. to Chef Valdez, Nax is the only place in New York to sample soup number five due to difficulty in sourcing the ingredients. Um, I bet. Right. Uh, the, the ballsy offering is served on the a la carte bar bites menu. Much easier than snagging a reservation for the Kamayan tasting dinner in the back room where 18 diners eat 18 courses off of banana leaves with their hands for $135 per person. Also <laughs> oh, called Remember Me Soup after a restaurant that allegedly served it as a specialty. The dish is billed back home as the perfect thing to soak up the suds after an all-night bender. Um, <laughs> right? The thing is, like, usually, you know, like, eating um, that, you know, happens while you're still drunk, maybe. Uh, not yes. afterwards to cure the drunk. Um, Chef Valdez <laughs> describes in Manila, where I grew up, it's more like a, a hangover cure soup, you know, or after drinking soup. Uh, Valdez previously worked, um, which again, you know, and after drinking soup, I, I think there's a lot of people that probably agree with that, including some Senate yeah. staffers. Um, Valdez previously worked at a Michelin star Indian restaurant, Junoon. He explained, so after going out late at night, every street, every corner, there's a small place which serves different kinds of soup. So one of them is soup number five. The dish is also, I wonder if it was soup number five that they got at the, the Vietnamese place that, I don't know. Um, the, the dish yeah. is also viewed as an aphrodisiac, uh, although as of as the late um, and great Anthony Bourdain pointed out, if everything people told me was an aphrodisiac, uh, told me an aphrodisiac was in fact an aphrodisiac, I would never be able to put on pants. Um, <laughs> but how does uh, this this uh, well hung hangover um, 
insurance taste. Well, the Post managed to snag a bowlful on a recent visit to Nax. Don't let the fear factor ask description fool you. The broth was mild and approachable. The, the meat, not too tough or grisly, as you might expect. Um, one, one might describe it best as a textural de- decathlon that runs the gamut from the cartil- uh, cartilaginous penis to the tender, almost tofu-like bold testy. The, the flavor <laughs> profile, meanwhile, evoked oxtail gelatin mated with chicken gizzards, but perhaps oh. lighter and grainier. Uh, oh, man. Gra- grainy balls is not a, like a texture I want to think about in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> soup number five is uh, also surprisingly nourishing and aromatic, like a menudo uh, with more testicular fortitude. The depth of flavor is enhanced by Sibolt spice and uh, a um, compilation of Chinese herbs. Angelica root, um, Romania, white peony root, goji berries, and Sichuan lovage. That's a staple of Filipino Chinese food. Wow. That that almost sounds so delectable. It makes you want to run out and just snag a bowl of this hot stuff. Yeah, I well, I just want to know if like if eating soup number five technically counts as giving a blowjob. <laughs> oh man, yeah, when you blow it out, when you puke it out of your puking your brains out after <laughs> eating it. All right, have you seen, did you see the did you see the picture of this stuff? No, I mean, um, no, 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 no there's. There's actually a picture of a bowl of this stuff, and I mean, it looks pretty good until you realize what it is you're looking at and suddenly it really loses its appetizing um oh, uh, <laughs> so oh no 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 it, 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 it yeah, yeah this is not look good to me at all I, i'm pretty sure yeah. i see the tip of, of the uh, i don't know um yeah Exactly. Exactly. So just the idea that, I mean, I know that there are some people that have told me that, well, they don't like organ meat. I don't know what kind of meat you would call this, but I don't know why you call it orgasm meat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, and and it doesn't even talk about how much that you're going to pay for a bowl of bull testicle and penis soup either. You know, it's, I mean, well, it's definitely cheaper than what you're going to get in the alley. Um, well, it's going to be more expensive than what you're going to get in the alleyway, probably. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true, I guess. But yikes, uh, you know, and just think this is what you get when you go to the Big Apple, you know, <laughs> so that's that's uh, that's outrageous. So, yeah, that I, I saw that and I thought, no, people people are actually paying good hard earned money to eat this. Okay, and and they're telling themselves it's a delicacy. Well, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure, like you know, certain cultures all throughout history would consume and eat these things, thinking that it would either you know help their own manhood or fertility, yeah. or, or um, you know, yeah. I, I don't know, like just like you know, you'd consume part of the the thing that makes you more manly or something. I don't know. I guess I see that. I, I just think that like it it. At no point in my well, life do I want to be putting another thing's yeah, penis yeah, in my yeah, mouth. 
you know. I will say this. I can honestly say, I can honestly say, and, and it does not affect my masculinity in any way whatsoever, but I just do not have the balls to eat that stuff. I, I think it makes us more masculine, uh, <laughs> or at least more straight. Maybe, maybe you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in, in any case, if it's an aphrodisiac, I think I'll just stick with, um, you know, something a little less um, spongy. I think that's the word they used in the description. So, so. I, I, I like I'll, if, if we, I'll stick with the boobs uh, as the aphrodisiac. Yeah. I don't need to, you know, consume. There you go. Something yeah, that will make me exactly. sick to my stomach, I think. Right, right. Yeah. Well, hey, we, we do have some Ask Poncho questions, and uh, and uh, not, none of them have anything to do with uh, a choice of uh, soup yeah. that you'd prefer. I'm like, yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> now that everyone is pretty much sick to their stomach, we can move on. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we got we got a couple of uh, ask Poncho questions here, and uh, I've got one uh, where uh, this um, this wife is in a quandary. Um, she says, "Because uh, dear Poncho, a date has been set for my twenty five year high school reunion. My husband and I though are fighting because I told him he can't go with me." Now, he thinks it's because he likes to overindulge in beer or because I still have a thing for my high school sweetheart, but it's really wait, neither of those. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, wait, you still have a thing for your... Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're saying you don't, then. Yeah, she goes, it's neither of those. So she goes, And she says, I, I don't think you should bring your spouse to your high school reunion. And he disagrees. He wants to know if I'm ashamed of him. Or, yeah, he wants to know if I'm ashamed of him or what I'm hiding. But again, it's neither of those, she says. He doesn't know my friends, so there's no reason for him to be there. He won't know what we're talking about and will just weigh on my mind the entire night. So should spouses attend high school reunions? Who do you agree with, me or my husband? I, I <laughs> mean, I would be glad to, to show up to my wife's high school reunion Uh or, or even, I'd even be more so glad if she showed up to mine because I'd be like, I'd be, I mean, I'd be proud to show her off. I'd be like, look at how beautiful my wife is. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't bring my kids. That would just, I think that would be a little bit tough. Yeah, uh, annoying. But yeah, no. Why, why in the world would you not? Like, I don't know. Who, who, do you, do you still keep in touch with those friends at all? Like, are you, are you just gonna go right back to like? Oh, that is pretty rude to go right back to inside jokes and then not even, I don't know. That, are you still in high school? Because it sounds like you're still in high school. Um, right. Um, That's the first yeah. thing I thought. I think, is she going to revert back to what she was like a valley girl in high school or something? And she doesn't want her husband to see what a you know nerd she was or something? Or either, yeah, either that or, you know, maybe she just doesn't want her, him to meet half of the high school football team that she you know, <laughs> used to know yeah. uh, or, or maybe, something maybe she's afraid he's going to find out the secrets that he doesn't know about that she did in high school yeah I, I, I really can't think of a good reason why you think that unless you're trying to hide something or yeah. if you were actually embarrassed or something um, yeah. but yeah like, like I don't know look, like I can show up places and see friends that my wife doesn't know and she can pick up and have conversations with people normally and, and not be in the dark about stuff. Like, cause that's a normal people can meet people for the first time. Like go figure. Yeah. Right. 
Um, right. It'd be like saying, oh, don't don't come with me to hang out with my friends because you don't know them. It'll just be weird for you. Like, like no, like that, that's strange. Like, I will never get to know them if I never meet them. Um, right. Yeah, I think, right. I think she's trying to hide something or, or what. I don't know. Yeah. Something, something real. Something really hinky is going on there. Yeah, it, it doesn't pass the smell test to me. Sounds like a bowl <laughs> of, of uh, bowl testy to me. Bowl testicles and uh, penis. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, look, I, like I, I can't read her mind or anything. I just know that I would love to have Mrs. Poncho at my reunion. Uh, she is the better half of me. She's beautiful. She's funny. And it proves that I'm not so weird that I'm a lost cause. Um, yeah. And my wife's never been to my high school reunion, but I have been to one of hers. And it wasn't I, that bad. I've never bad. Even been to my high school. I don't even know if we had a high school reunion. If we did, then I, I, I'm never on Facebook, so I wouldn't even know. Yeah. Um, the thing is, I wasn't, as far as I'm concerned, I really wasn't that connected to the people in my high school to start with. And so why would I want to go back 25 or 30 years later to a bunch of fat, bald guys talking about what they did in high school? <laughs> yeah. Basically, uh, it's the same here. I, I had about six or seven or eight people. And I knew a lot of people there, but there were really about six people that I was really close with. And, yeah. um, you know, and so if I came back, like, it wouldn't really mean anything anyways. Uh, right. And I graduated right. with, like, over 650 people in my class, too. So Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. They, it's, so what's the point? Like, I, had, uh, I had 81 people in my, cl in my graduating woo. class. Yeah. So, and that, that's, that's the bad part is that you knew everybody and everybody knew everything about you too. Yeah. Oh, I, I could easily kind of get lost and, and forgotten if I wanted to. Uh, but pe yeah. people probably did get to know me mostly because of my weird sense of humor. Um, <laughs> they'll be like, Hey, you're the guy that, that ran around the high school with coconuts on Halloween and your other <laughs> friend did that. And you just did Monty Python and the Holy grail the whole time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here, I, I've got one more Ask Poncho as well. Uh, and this one, they, they say, help. Uh, my, my wedding gift to a friend was re-gifted at Office Secret Santa Party. Oh, <laughs> man. That, yeah, this is, um, I, I, I mean, do you just recognize it? Do you work with your friend? I guess we'll find out. Uh, they, they say, we had our office Christmas party recently. We did it early because some people are going to be on vacation while others are expecting babies or having surgery. I was stunned during a secret Santa gift exchange. A coworker took the wedding present I gave her and turned it into a secret Santa gift. Another coworker <laughs> ended up with the gift. I paid a ton of money for it and I'm so angry that it was regifted. I'm sending an email today to my coworker demanding a refund for the gift. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh. That's a mistake. Don't do that. It's probably too late at this point. Um, my, my sister says I should stay quiet about it and not ruffle any feathers. Your sister's correct. Um, I think what my coworker did is in poor taste, and I should be reimbursed for the present. I bought wow. a wedding gift, not a secret Santa gift. Should I be reimbursed? What do you think? I want my money back. Um, uh, wow. Yeah, look, so the, the good and bad thing about gifts is that once it leaves your hand, they can do whatever you want with it. Uh, it's the, yeah. Sometimes it's unfortunate. Sometimes if you give someone money to help them out, <laughs> guess what? It's their money now. They're responsible for what they do with it and how they handle it. If you think yeah. that they're wasting it or using it bad, then um, you know that they're they're going to be the ones that have to um, to own up to that. 
I, I believe in, in God. I believe that you're going to be held accountable for the things you do and don't do. So they're going to have to speak to what they do with it. If, if they did something bad, that's not your problem, not your fault. You gave a gift for the wedding. You, you did that. Now, that being said, I probably am not going to be too keen on wanting to spend a lot of money on gifts for them in the future. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, end of the day, it's their gift. It's their, their thing. They can decide what they want to do with it. Um, I, I get that you'd be like hurt and I understand why you'd feel that way. It's a huge mistake to go to them asking for a refund. Um, if anything, you, you know, just be like, Hey, that actually really hurts my feelings. Uh, you know, and like, tell them that, like, like, you know, like work it out if you want to in a nice way, if you really feel the need to, but like, you're, you're just going to create a really, a much more uncomfortable situation going about it the uh, way you are. Yeah. Ask, yeah. Asking for a refund. You, you may as well just, your, your, your friendship is over. <laughs> oh, yeah. One another. <laughs> you, you know, you give someone money on the side of the street, you hold the signs and they need food. Um, are you going to sit there and follow them to make sure they buy food or, or do that? Or what happens if they go and spend it on something else? You can, you kind of yeah. have control, but, but you were still giving it out of a place in your heart that, that was probably good. Right. So your intention in that was still good and you can still sit back and be proud and happy with your intention for it. Um, what they do with it from there is their responsibility. Same thing happens with gifts. Again, I'm not going to be keen to want to spend a lot of money on this person for gifts there, but you know, I, I mean, I don't know. It is, it is. I would say like, I, I don't think it was wise of them to re gift something knowing that the person that gave you the gift is going to be present there. Yes. That is, yes. that is a pretty ballsy move. I will say. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That definitely a very awkward position for both of you, I think, but not near as awkward as trying to be getting through these insane games. Oh uh, yeah. You've been talking this one up for like this year end insane games thing. And you got me nervous here. I don't, I don't know what to expect. Yeah. the stupidity share subscribe rate and review the podcast and give it a five-star rating because hey this is five star stupidity rating and reviewing also helps the podcast to show up more prominently in searches when people are searching for stupidity you can eliminate the buffering also when you stream the podcast on the poor cell or wi-fi coverage by downloading each episode to your podcast player podcast attic is the app i use and i recommend that for optimum performance it's free they have two types of paid versions, too. And in addition to this episode, there's always the midweek bonus episode featuring the Insane Week in Review and the Genius Awards for the stupendous stupidity. And, of course, uh, there are other surprises as well. Of course, besides that, in the weekend episode, you get the uh, Insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guero from Florida, where you can ask him any questions and pick his brain with his sage wisdom. Ask Pancho about anything. And you can also play along with Pancho and see how well you do in our insane game show every week on the weekend episodes. Every week after both episodes are published, I'll post all the articles that were used on both of the weekend episodes and the midweek bonus episodes. And they'll have them up on the Telegram Messenger channel when you join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World. 
You can comment about them and share them with your friends. You can also post comments or suggestions about the podcast as well. You can preview that channel and get a link to download Telegram Messenger for your smartphone at t.me slash insaneericlane. That's t.me slash insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. It's absolutely free, available for desktop or mobile versions, and it's available for platforms that support Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. Don't forget, follow me on social media. Just look for at Insane Eric Lane on Facebook or X, or just visit me at InsaneEricLane.com. There's just some really good ones. I mean, this, this time I'm kind of, kind of you know, so I, I we have to kind of end it with some interesting, unexpected twists and turns. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah. So, you, know, you know how I've got one thought to get out first. You know how people have this like special meal for like for New Year's because because we're not gonna do it yeah. on the show until after New Year's. You got like, you know like sauerkraut or black eyed peas or something. I, I think that, you know, listeners of the podcast, we need to start a, a, a penis and balls soup for New Year's. So for good luck. <laughs> for good luck. For good luck, yeah. yeah. yeah you, grilled you, rocks you, and grilled ice cubes. But but the if you want really good luck and prosperity next year, you need to eat some yeah. dick and balls. <laughs> That's right. And it's going to take balls to get that stuff down, too. I can promise you. <laughs> and to get through these oh, Oh man, yeah. Well, well. Let let let's see if you can get down some uh, some of these uh, uh, great uh, quizzes for our insane game show, the last one of the year. And uh, do, do you have any particular preference, or what do you want to start off man, with here? The- you've been talking it up. I'm just going to let you give them to me, however you see fit. Oh well, all right. Well, all right. Well, why don't we just start from the top then? If that's what we're going to do, <clears throat> we'll uh, start off with uh, our steakhouse and gay bar. So I will read, uh, give you the name of a business. You tell me if you think it is a steakhouse or a gay bar itself. So your first business is in Hoboken, New Jersey. It's called Dino and Harry's. Dino and Harry's. Um, well, if it was a gay bar, it'd be Dil- Dildo and Harry's or Harry. <laughs> dildos or something um do you know harry's oh gosh i don't know this is this is tough i, I i'm gonna say it's a i'm gonna say it's a gay bar you're gonna say it's a gay bar in hoboken yeah. new jersey well uh you should have stuck with dildo and harry's it's uh, it's actually a steakhouse so <laughs> believe it or not well how about this one in minneapolis minnesota you've lived in minneapolis it's called the brass rail the brass rail. I, um, I look. I I don't know what this is regarding, but like definitely doesn't invoke pleasant thoughts when I hear it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, it invokes thoughts of uh, of you know someone being railed on the Senate floor. I think it's a gay bar. <laughs> so those are called the ass rail. You know. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So so you're gonna go with what? I'm going with a gay bar. You're going to go with a gay bar. Well, I think you're definitely on a rail. It is a gay bar. Exactly. (laughs) All right. What about this particular one in O'Fallon, Missouri? It's called the Brass Rail. Wait, we just had the Brass Rail. (laughs) Yes, we did. All right. Well, look, I can't imagine there being a non-gay bar version of this, but every time... 
there that we get this where there's like a name that's the same or like the business it, like you, you try to throw me off with it so i think that this one is a steakhouse but it could be either one though right oh i, I my instincts everything about it says it's obviously another gay bar but like i've been i've been duped by you so much with this same ploy that i know better by now it's a this is a steakhouse Oh my! Well, <clears throat> believe it or not, the Brass Rail of Ophala, Missouri, is a steakhouse. <laughs> I I knew it was a trap. I could smell it. <laughs> it kind of smelled like that penis and and, and balls testicle <laughs> soup, didn't? <laughs> yeah, yeah some didn't smell right about it. <laughs> yeah, right. So, all right. Well, here's a uh, an establishment called the Golden Steer in Forest Park, Illinois. The Golden Steer. I like. I mean, don't you you worship like golden calves if you're doing bad uh, thing? I don't know. I'm gonna say it's a gay bar. Yeah. Well, no, it's like, the Golden Rear. Yeah, well, the the golden steer. You may find this uh, particular soup there. It's actually considered a uh, a steakhouse. There we uh, go. <laughs> it's actually a steakhouse, believe it or not. So, but I don't think you'll be seeing uh, testicle and penis soup served there. That's for sure at the Golden Steer. Well, our last uh, establishment is called Woody's in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Woody's, um, man, this is tough now. Um, we've got like a, a woody's barbecue that's down here so i don't know i i'm gonna i'm gonna take a, a guess and say that it is a steakhouse well it is in philadelphia the city of brotherly love oh. so uh, it is a gay bar <laughs> you're, you're not supposed to love your actual brother that way though <laughs> Yeah. Well, look, I mean, truth and advertising right there, baby. I mean, that's a gay, a gay bar called Woody's. You couldn't, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You couldn't get any better than that. So, all right. Well, kind of a hit or miss on that one, but I liked the little curveball that was thrown in there for the brass rail, you know? So, but <laughs> we've got, we've got one here for strip club or daycare and same thing. I got some establishments here. You tell me if it's either a strip club or a daycare and your first business here is called Hawk's Nest of Bozeman, Montana. Hawk's Nest. Um, I'm going to say the Hawk's Nest. And you said this is a, um, strip club uh, or a daycare. Strip club. Okay. Well, it's definitely not a daycare. Um, that's for sure. Because uh, I mean, that's a hawk, right? Like that's a bird of prey. So this is definitely mm. a strip club. Definitely, huh? And Bozeman in Montana, it actually is a daycare, believe no it or not. Way. So they're they're kind of, you know, they're out on the, the wild west out there in the prairie. You know, they do things a lot differently out there, you know? So believe it or not, yeah, you'll take your little kids to the Hawk's Nest daycare if you want anything done there. Well, then there is uh, this uh, business in Charleston, South Carolina called Silver Slipper. Silver Slipper. Well, this is, uh, I'm going to say it's another uh, um, strip club. Another strip club. Yeah, yeah you kind of slip in and slip back out. It is a strip club. Yes, indeed. Very good. So, all right. Here's one called Madeline's House in Powder Springs, Georgia. Madeline's House. I, this sounds like like some kind of orphanage or boarding school or something. Um, I'm, I'm going to say it's a daycare. 
I don't know. To me, Madeline's house kind of sounds like a cat house to me. You know, <laughs> but actually, it is. It is a daycare. Absolutely, it's very good. All right, here's a establishment in Beckley, West Virginia, called Busy Bees. Busy Bees. Um... Uh, uh, busy bees. I think that's going to be a daycare. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't want to strip them to be a busy bee. It'd be a little. You wouldn't want to go there and get stuck. You know, that's for sure. Yes, it is a daycare. Very good. And your last one, Peach Tree in Prattville, Alabama. Peach Tree. Uh, I, I'm going to say that people are, are trying to grab the wrong kind of peaches there. Uh, I think it's Sweet Club. <laughs> I was just about to say, maybe you'll see some really ripe peaches when you go to that place. But Peach Tree in Prattville, Alabama, actually is a daycare. I'm, I'm ashamed of myself now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're cute little peaches that go there. That's right. All right, well, let's try Golf Course or Rehab. These are the ones that usually are the most challenging. You have to figure out whether these businesses are a golf course or a rehab based upon where they're called and where they're located. Here's one in University Place, Washington, called Chambers Bay. <laughs> Chambers Bay. Um, I'm going to say that Chambers Bay is a golf course. Ah, they're on the bay, shot, bay side. Yeah. Yes, it is a golf course. Very well, good. All right. The, the bay that gave it away, that's for sure. That's right. That's right. All right. Here's one in Spring Branch, Texas called Ripple Ranch. Ripple Ranch. Um, yeah, I'm going to say that Ripple Ranch is a, a rehab. Usually, whenever you go to a ranch, it sort of has that kind of feel. Yes, it is a rehab. That's correct. All right. How about this one in Mason City, Iowa, called Prairie Ridge? Prairie Ridge. All right. Now, this is a tough one here, but I'm going to say that it's another rehab. Out on the prairie to get some solitude. It is a rehab indeed. Very good. All right. So far, so good. Three for three. This may be the time you actually score all five on this here. Here's one. It is in Bentonville, Arkansas, the home of Walmart. It's called Eagle Crest. Eagle Crest. Um, well, I think this is fancy enough to, to, to be a, a golf course. Ah, but it is actually fancy enough to be a rehab also. Ah, well, you know, I, I look, I'm already, I'm already pleased that I got three of these right. That's about my average for this one. You know, you go, you go to Eagle Crest, you learn how to soar like an eagle, you see, I guess, maybe. so. Well, here's one called Common Ground in Aurora, Colorado. Common Ground. Um, well, um, well, gosh, I guess you golf on the commons, I think. I'm going to say it's a golf course. Yeah, that's probably true. Of course, if it was something, you could also find common ground with other people that have the same addictions or something. But in this case, it's a, it is a golf course. Oh, exactly. yeah, yeah. I had the same thought about finding common ground with people, and I was thinking I, I got to go with my, my gut. Yeah, yeah. Well, you did only miss one in that one. So that's probably one of the better scores on that one for sure. All right. So our last one, of course, would be porn star or weatherman. I've got a list of entertainers. You tell me whether they are either a porn star or weatherman based upon their name, which can be pretty crazy sometimes. So we've got this one entertainer who goes by the name of John Morales. 
John Morales. Um, I, I think that's going to be a weatherman. Mm, okay, it has that nice. It just kind of rolls off your your tongue. John Morales is. Well, yes, he is a weatherman in South Florida. Believe it or not. So very good. All right. Uh, here's what I'm sure you'll like. Uh, this particular entertainer's name is Justin Hunt. Justin Hunt. I, I think this is going to be a porn star for sure. Uh, you think so, huh? Okay, well, turns out he is indeed a porn star. Very good. All right, so far so good. I like this one. This name is Reynolds Wolf. Reynolds Wolf. It's a strong name, but I think, I think this is the kind of name that a weatherman definitely has. Hmm. Yeah, well, you know, one of the other things, too, I find with weathermen, they tend to have first names that could also be used as last names. You know that? Yeah. So, so yes, he's a weatherman. After, like, animals as well. Like, I, I see that. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> All right. All right. How about this particular entertainer's name? He goes by Stephen Lee. Stephen Lee. Uh, I'm going to say Stephen Lee is a... Um, I'm going to say he's a, a porn star. Well, believe it or not, that's a trick question. <gasps> Stephen Lee is actually, you, you, you doesn't matter what your answer would be for this, because it would still be correct. He is a weatherman turned porn star. Whoa! <laughs> From El Paso, Texas. That's Man, right. I've, I've, never, I've never had one of those before on the, on the show. Exactly. Exactly. He is a former weatherman turned into a porn star. And let me tell you, in doing the research for this, there are some things I can no longer unsee. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I um, look. Let, let, let's let's just say I have never I actually got it completely right. Yeah. I mean, change of, of career. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. I've never, ever seen a weather vane quite like that. Oh, my gosh. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, so either way, it doesn't matter what you would have said. You would have had a correct answer on that one. So that's his his door swing both ways on that one for sure. So, all right, your next entertainer is Chad Alpha. Chad, Chad, Chad Alpha. Are you kidding me? That, uh, Chad Alpha. Chad Alpha has got to be the most porn starry name I've ever heard. <laughs> Absolutely. Like if I were to come up with the most obvious porn star name, it would be like Chad Alpha. <laughs> so I saw that and I'm like, there's no way he can be a weatherman. There's just no way. <laughs> yeah, that was a perfect score on that one for sure. And actually, I was surprised. I was thought thought for sure you would have actually uh, figured out that Stephen Lee was a weatherman, but you went right for the porn star. So that's actually pretty good. Yeah, so, uh, it's his current career. So uh, that that is. So all, yeah, all that, I think about was with, with Stephen Lee. Like he, he, his own name is like an adjective, right? Like you're very <laughs> Stephen Lee today. Um, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes, right. All right. Your last one. Of course, it's fake news or Florida. I'll give you a headline. You tell me whether or not you think this is a fake news story or if it did indeed happen in the state of Florida. Your first headline is a Pensacola woman who was fired from her doggy daycare job after being caught smoking marijuana in an enclosed playpen with a group of dogs. Oh, yeah. No, this is uh, fake news. Wow. Right off the bat. You think? 
fake news indeed. Man, a playpen with dog smoking pot. Well, you know, that, I'm not even sure that could even happen even in Florida. You never know. But all right. Your next headline, a Marion County burglary suspect wearing nothing but boxers hit a cop in the face with a Bible. Um, yeah, I'm going to say Florida on this one. <laughs> Wearing nothing but boxers. <laughs> yes, it is. A Florida story. 100% true. Absolutely. All right. Next headline. An Ocala man was arrested after throwing a live baby alligator into a Walmart when they refused to let him in without a face mask. Um. Oh, man. This is. Uh, this could go either way. I'm going to say that this is fake news. Mm, yeah, well, believe it or not, that is fake news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. It could have easily happened in Florida without any question. Right. The, the giveaway was the face mask thing. We didn't really do the whole like face diaper yeah. thing down in Florida that much. This is true. All right. How about this one? A Florida Highway Patrol canine found drugs in a Brooksville man's taco dinner kit. Uh, yeah, taco dinner drugs um, probably came out. Uh, well, I'm not going to make claims. Yeah, I'm going to say Florida. <laughs> probably came with a lot of Mountain Dew, I guess. I'll put it that way. Yes, exactly. That is a true Florida story. All right. So far, so good. Your last one has a Santa Rosa man dressed up as the Grim Reaper and went to the beach to scare people away. <laughs> Um, I, uh, I could go either way in this one. I lean Florida though. <laughs> you lean Florida very well. It, it is a Florida story for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's just, that's good. Yeah. You, like I said, that's one area that, uh, you know, there's some that we've got you caught on that one pretty good, but that's, uh, it's, it's difficult <laughs> to get one. Over on you. It really yeah, is. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Every once definitely, in a while, you really give me a tough Florida one, uh, week though but. oh yeah yeah that's it that's it so well we got more still to come and as i said uh just wait till next year we got some real and and another thing too is uh one of the other stories to look forward to for next year we're looking a lot at the best of 2023 you know and all the stuff that happens at the end of the year so we've got some of the best fetishes of the year oh gosh so, there, there's some interesting fetishes that i never even knew were fetishes that apparently were very popular in 2023 <clears throat> so yeah we got all kinds of stuff and i'm sure there'll be more <clears throat> as the uh, holidays uh yeah. come to a close man so, I, i'm sure if you could think of it there's a fetish for it I, i'm i'm positive oh, yes. it's gotta be absolutely so well uh, enjoy your uh, time off your holidays and uh, merry christmas and a happy new year and uh, oh, um, hopefully you too when well hopefully we come back next next year and we have a fresh dose of stupidity and maybe even you may have even seen some stupidity yourself over the two-week break oh yeah yeah we've done it with the extra time there's a good chance especially considering uh you know, potential vomit uh, in the household. Uh, and then, you know, a feisty Cuban lady across the street from my in-laws that uh, oh, yeah, asks right. the same question every 10 minutes or actually, you know, like, yeah. more like 30 seconds. Um, I, there there could be a, definitely some stories there. Maybe more like, you know, bird dandruff and feathers in our Christmas dinner. <laughs> That's uh, right. <laughs> uh, I forgot about dander. That's true. Oh, That's right. Yeah. Oh, gosh, it was so funny. Um, the, the story. Oh, that, was, that, was, that was one of the better stories that I brought, I feel like, to the table this past year. Oh, yeah. Um, and, well, yeah happy New Year, I guess, everyone. Uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Uh, it's been fun. Dum, 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 dum.
I'm open to talking about anything, but love talking about surviving in the stupidity that's always around us. And if you're insane enough to ask, I'm insane enough to reply. I'd love to hear from you either by leaving a voice message or a written message. And you can even do that at uh, podcast.insaneericlane.com. Leave any comment you have from a podcast or even a question you have. I'll be happy to address either one. Your questions or comments might even be played and or even talked about in a future podcast episode. And if you or someone you know would like to join in on a podcast, you're more than welcome to participate. You can... uh, Download the Spotify for Podcasters app on your phone, and you can do that just as simple as a phone call, or I can even send you a link that you can actually participate from the website. You can download the app to your favorite app store and add that uh, podcast to your favorites. You can also email me with comments, questions, requests at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. And of course, should you certainly subscribe to the podcast if you listen on Apple, iHeart, Breaker, Google, Verbo, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Don't forget to follow me also on Facebook and X. Just look up the handle at Insane Eric Lane. Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World is produced with the support from EnvisionWise, LLC, and AmeriCountry.com, from Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy at the United Stations Radio Network, SheetHappens.com, Good Parts Media, and Mr. Laughs. Theme music from Randy Stonehill. It's a great big stupid world. Copyright 1992 Stonehillia Music. Word music. Twitch and vibes music and is available anywhere you purchase music. Thanks for making it to the end of insane Eric Lane's stupid world. Please be sure to seek therapy to ensure you still have your wits with you. And if this has inspired you to try your hand at making a podcast, you can do it absolutely free with Spotify for podcasters. The editing and music library are at your fingertips with Spotify for podcasters. Download the app from your favorite app store.